Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Hey, it is the Next Level Nerd Sportscast with Bronson Allman and Frank Conti. We are coming to you live and on tape uh, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Um, Bronson and I are back together here to preview the NFL playoffs. Uh, we are recording on Saturday, January 13th, right before the Super Wild Card weekend kicks off today. Two games, uh, Houston and Cleveland, and then the nightcap is going to be, what is the nightcap, Bronson? Uh, oh, it's, um, yeah, yeah, Dolphins Chiefs on exclusively on Peacock, which is going to upset Sorry, I caught you there. I know you you weren't ready to jump in yet, but uh, I had a big brain cramp uh, of what was a night game. Yeah, I'm a little bummed that that one's Peacock because I don't have it. But yeah, Bronson and I are excited to be back. Um, had the got the, the holidays out of the way. I think we recorded right before Thanksgiving. Um, so we had Thanksgiving and Christmas, all those crazy times. And we first show of the new year here. So Excited, Bronson. A lot to cover today. Of course, we are going to focus mainly on the NFL playoffs. A lot of sports news happened uh, since the last time we recorded some coaching hirings and firings. Black Monday in the NFL. There's a lot of coaching openings. And then at the end of the show, we'll probably catch you up on what's going on. You know, Bronson and I like to follow baseball, hockey with the pens, racing, wrestling. So we'll uh, dive into a little bit of that. But Bronson, I'll bring you in, let you... uh, Introduce yourself to the folks. Let us know what you've been up to since the last show. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned you, Frank kind of kicked me in there with the Peacock thing with uh, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. I don't know if Frank remembers this, but um, Joe and Jay, the Parker brothers, who I played up Stiefel with hockey, and you uh, would uh, a couple times I've come over to my house back in like 06, 07. I was the only guy that had verses. Remember that? It was yeah. like when when verses came in, Frank came over my house. I think maybe at least once, if not twice, but the Parkers came over a bunch to watch some of the Penguins regular season games when not everyone had OLN slash verses when we made that when my mom and I made the the switch from cable to, to direct TV. So yeah, I, I it wasn't just those three, it was a bunch of people. So it's kind of hilarious. But I mean, Peacock's obviously more available than that was at the time. So if you don't have Peacock, obviously, um you well, by the time you hear this, it's already been out, so the game would have already been over. But I'm just, you know, I'm sure, Frank, people, like you said, like how we dealt with with the ACC network not having that. You, know, you, you go to a bar or something to get it. So yeah. I'm sure people go that direction. But anyway, uh, to answer your question, um, it's been good, man. I had a good Thanksgiving, enjoyed some uh, some social stuff. I um, went to see Rain Wilson. Uh, from the office, you played Dwight Schrute. I don't know if last show I remember that. It was around that time we recorded, so I don't know if I had done it yet or not. But, um, but yeah, he he uh, plugged his new book. Uh, it's like a, it's like a um, it's like a religion book, Frank, but it's but it's with like comedy and obviously his, Rain Wilson's touch on that. So he did the college tours. He stopped at Slippery Rock, and uh, you know, for being an alum, Frank, I thought you know uh, at least we we get some sort of perk. But uh, I had I had to buy regular. Uh, standard uh non-student tickets like the rest of the grunts had to so i thought maybe you know the uh, upb does a great job there but you figure that maybe alumni should get at least a little little something you know you know yeah. having got our educations there but um but that was cool i went and saw jay moore at the improv frank we, we all know jay moore is bob sugar and jerry Maguire. he's one of my favorite comedians yeah just uh, a couple months ago got married to um genie bus they've been married they, they've been together for a few years uh, so that, that's that's a crazy couple, but you know, wish them all the best. 
and not much after that some uh nothing wrestling yet um i have some major uh potential major news coming if i can close some deals here uh and maybe in a future episode but i'll, I'll tease that to the next uh, upcoming show other than that you know um holidays with the family obviously some some hockey some um football any other sorts i've been a couple couple i'll watch a couple pit basketball games here and there uh met drew o'connor at uh baseball card castle in cranberry i always love to give a, pl- a big plug to, to jeff Patton and his family who always treat me uh just with with exceptional uh gratitude and, and, and generosity um there and uh get to meet drew o'connor there and uh they, they, you, you probably see frank that they sponsor a lot of the penguin segments and stuff so that's a good way to get for him to get his business out there um but no, other than that, just uh, just enjoy the holidays. Hope everyone else did as well. Uh, looking forward to starting the new year in sports, 2024. Um, who knows what it will bring. Um, you always hope for every year to be better than the last. Not always possible, but you always enter any new year with optimism. So, And Frank, I actually made it to, the, to, to, to midnight this year, New Year's. It's always kind of a 50-50 if I'm going to make it. But uh, I, I did make it, although I passed out like 12-10. Like, I got there just enough to see... Yeah. Jelly Roll and his family and Ryan Seacrest and yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I saw that. And then and then yeah, Frank, it was over after that. So, and then the Chili Bowl tonight, some playoff games tonight. So that's about it. But how about you? Have you what have you been up to? Uh, same old, same old. You know, the holidays are fun. You know, I have a, a your a, first as a dad, so I'm sure that was pretty exciting. Well, she had it was her second Christmas, but the first oh, time sir. around, she was yeah. real little. Um, so this year she was like a toddler. And yeah. she's 18 months or so. And uh, she I really, knew it was like right before the holidays. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. She was really enjoying Christmas this year with all the gifts. And we're still, you know, toys are everywhere in the house. And she's loving it. And uh, she's keeping us on our toes. But we're having a great time, Katie and I. Um, I was actually, uh, a few things I did. I actually went to a Steeler game. I went to the terrible Thursday night game against New England. So I actually got <laughs> tickets. Uh, my cousin Jordan, who you know, uh, Jordan Otavio, had four tickets. Um, him, his brother Carter Philippone, um, from from Elwood, and uh, our cousin from Boston was in town for it, so that was kind of fun. And Jordan last minute had to go on a business trip, so I took his ticket. So uh, it was good to see my my cousin from Boston, and he wore his Patriot gear. It was kind of we were kind of ribbing him. Some of the Steeler fans were ribbing him. He got a few like middle fingers in his face. Uh, nothing nothing violent, but. Um, Pretty funny, of course. One of the worst games of the year, Trubisky. Yeah, he ended up leaving pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, he he left with the last laugh, and I thought at that point, the Steelers at seven and seven, we're going to be out of it. We'll touch upon that in a in a second or here, but yeah. So I went to the Steeler game, one of the worst of the year, um, but it was still a fun time. Um, other than that, yeah, just doing Christmas shopping, fighting the crowds and everything at that, and, and those last minute gifts and. But uh, excited to be back with another show. I've been watching a lot of sports, lots of a lot of things to talk about. Uh, I've been watching the a lot of the pens, you know, texting Bronson and Mike uh, every time I'm frustrated with what's going on there. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we should have like a streaming text thing and let, let our listeners like some of our texts are hilarious. <laughs> but uh, they they've been trending in the right direction lately. A little bit some peaks and valleys, but we'll talk about them at the end of the show too. But yeah. I'd like to get well, right into it, Bronson. Well before hold on. Perfect. You always yeah. have to cut you off. Let's let's let, I gotta ask you the hard hitting questions here. Big J yeah. journalism of of uh, you were talking about your Christmas with your wife and uh-huh. and, and your your daughter. Uh-huh. Um I gotta ask the question that everyone wants to know. Did you buy your your uh, adoring wife 
a Stanley Tumbler, or does she buy one? Does she is he is she in possession of one? That's what that's what's popping off, Frank. The Stanley, I, you know, Stanley I, it's funny. She, I did not get one, and neither of her and I don't even know what they are. And I don't know what this craze is. I believe my sister got one. She showed me a picture, and I saw the crowds at Target, like you know, rushing like it was Turbo Man. <laughs> I mean, they were just like, <laughs> they were just going after him. But no, I didn't get her one. She didn't ask for one. I got her like I have this blue thing. It's kind of yeah. like. A, Eric and I got her something similar, but like I don't know why they're all like they're all the rage. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I got I got mine nearby. My, my my I posted on Facebook yesterday. Uh, a client of mine, uh, their family works in the, in the at Duke University, and they know how much I'm a big Duke basketball fan. So got some swag, and I got I got a nice Duke tumbler, which which I will use now. So thank you to thank to those you. responsible for that. But go ahead, Frank. I that was all I had to say. Uh, yes. Capitals. By the way, as we're uh, watching Capitals Rangers on ABC. Uh, Zabina Jad for the Rangers and Anthony Mantha with just a beautiful breakaway bat, uh, top shelf backhand uh, to tie it up. So little metropolitan action hockey, Frank, as as uh, we record to kind of keep us at bay here. Yeah, pulling for the Rangers to actually beat the Capitals. They're right there in that grouping with the Penguins to try to catch that wild card spot. But no, we wanted to start off with football talk. And before we get into a little bit of a playoff preview, we have to wrap up the Steelers season and. Bronson has our predictions, our preseason predictions. A uh, little surprising. We have a new champion in the win-loss, win-loss, but we also have Bronson uh, was the champion of predicting the correct record. So we'll yeah. go that. But, I'll go um, real quickly through it. Yeah. And uh, we should call this the Mike and the Mad Dog, like annual win-loss, win-loss. Win. That's a loss. Look at my icon. <laughs> Weeds and blues. Uh, Frank actually won this year. Ten correct to my seven. So I get the throne in the history of, of our recording of the podcast. Frank got ten right. I'm going to see like, the notable ones you had. The game Frank went to, actually, the Thursday night game on Prime. He actually had the Steelers losing that game, and they did. So he, he yeah, should have known that the Vets are going to lose. I thought New England was going to be better this year, you know, of course, with Belichick and everybody. And they're never really bad, but they kind of were tanking. So. I, I got that right by like luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I mean maybe the one that I maybe got that no one else got. I'm trying to see if I can. I think mine were pretty much chalk. I, I mean we both had them being Seattle, but um, no, I mean no, none of my I didn't have the Bronson upset didn't happen. I usually, what was my Bronson upset when usually I kind of pick it. I'm looking down as I could see. Oh, I, the <laughs> Niners winning week one, or them being the Niners. Oh, you had it too though. Yeah, I know, we both really flopped on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, anywho, Frank with Frank's win and loss thing, Frank had the Steelers fin- uh, at eleven and six. Um, Michael, who did not do a our our, our contributor to the podcast, uh, did not give a game by game thing, but did text me the night we made these picks saying they would go twelve and five. Mm-hmm. But uh, your your esteemed uh, co-host here that's talking to you had them at ten and seven, and that's what they actually finished. So. I hit the nail on the head. They did go ten and seven. Um, they did make a wild card spot. Um, the, the 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 Cardinals and Patriots loss we thought was going to be enough to put them in the in the ground there, but uh, with a little bit of a couple changes here that Frank and I are going to touch on here momentarily, and uh, and winning out down the stretch, they do get that second wild card spot, and uh, and obviously the faltering Frank of other people in the division again. I'm not going to go in the weeds here until we. We get into that, but um, but see, yeah, sure enough, um, Frank was the 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 win loss champion, and I was actually the record champion. So, um, I've actually been make, making fun of Mike too, p- picking the go twelve and five. He had like twelve and five, picking having a great year and things like that. So after the preseason, they kind of fooled us all. I mean, yeah, you know. no, I mean, yeah, for sure. And uh, 
just kind of looking to see if there's anything else that uh, I wanted to touch on with, with the, the, the win-loss thing of the season. No, that's about it. So congratulations to me on the record, and obviously congratulations to Franco finally finally dethroned the uh, the back-to-back champ Yeah, the, the, the two years in a row. I feel like I'm Steve Young getting that monkey off my back. Remember that's right. And every time I've won, it was only like by like a game or two. So Frank yeah. uh, Frank had the the uh, the uh, undisputedly this year. So so uh, we'll, we'll wait till twenty twenty this fall and like, I can maybe get my, my title back. But um, I'll um, you want me to start it off, Frank, or you want you want to lead it off? I could just kind of go into the season here and then let me do that. Let me, since I'm already you talking, start. I'll pull up the schedule. I'm not even yeah. prepared for that. So <laughs> yeah, I got that in front of me. So. So let's see to kind of recap the Steelers season. We've obviously recorded a couple episodes during the season, but um, a lot of expectations, especially like as Frank said, the, the preseason that the Steelers had, Kenny Pickett had like the like the like the best quarterback ever in the preseason title. His passer rating was perfect. He hit everything. Played a lot too in the preseason. You know they wanted to see when, and he showed that that second week Frank against Buffalo. I think was the game that they thought, ironically, who they play in the playoffs here. Um, Ironically, that was the game that everyone thought that this was the coming out party. This was the Kenny Pickett we were going to see the entire year. And so I think it really, like you said, inflated a lot of people's uh, expectations of where they thought the Steelers were going to go. Um, and both of us picked the upset that they'd beat San Francisco week one. And uh, not so much. Um, they pretty much on a big trouncing of the Steelers week one. And it kind of was. Kind of was Jump Street from there, Frank. They they beat the Browns on Monday Night Football. Pickett kind of struck. This is kind of a theme most of the games here. Pickett as a starter. They beat the Browns. They they eke one out. Deshaun Watson was still playing at the time. Obviously the gruesome injury injury to um to, to Nick Chubb, um, and they beat the Browns that week. So they go one on one there. Week three, Sunday Night Football against the Raiders. Again, another another kind of game where you know Pickett's kind of meh. You know the the outs and then the slants. Um, we remember uh, Robert Spillane got an interception that game too, if you remember. Um, and um, it took a, it took a last second drive from the Steelers to kind of, well, not last second, but it was like end of the fourth quarter. I have to off. tell a funny story about that game. I was I was driving home from a wedding in North Carolina, and we left about five o'clock on that Sunday, and we were staying overnight in. West Virginia by New River Gorge, if you've ever been down that way. Yeah. So like we we had about a three hour drive and I was trying to get to the hotel before, you know, eight thirty to be able to watch the game. Um, because luckily you know, it's it was an NBC um national TV. I knew I'd get it in West Virginia. Um, but we had to make a couple rest stops, got some bad weather. We had to we lost some time, so we missed like a lot of the game. I was trying to find radio stations like my katie was googling on her phone like west virginia westwood one affiliate and i was like trying to tune (laughs) on the car radio and then i tried to end up streaming it on my phone on um fubo tv because i have fubo tv which is kind of cool you can watch anywhere on your mobile device you don't have to be like on wi-fi but the you know in the west virginia mountains i couldn't get any data on my cell phone (laughs) so we would get like in and out little choppy chunks of things and like you know throughout the first couple quarters and we finally did make it to the to the hotel for um some of the second half and got to see the wild ending where um mcdaniels blew it you know that down by eight like could have kicked a field goal went for it 
you know, get within five, you know, you're going to get the ball back, but he, he goes for it. And pretty much the Steelers needed one first down to seal it at that point and made that nice little big route with, um, uh, Allen Robinson just to get like wide open for a few yards. But yeah, that I, I'll, I'll never forget like driving through the mountains, trying to find that game on the radio. <laughs> no, no, that's, I do remember that too. And then obviously that kind of turned the fortunes of the Raiders too, because they had a lot of expectations too, and losing that game and kind of the way they lost that game uh, kind of turned down way for them too. And just go on subject, Frank, uh, all-star jerseys for the NHL all-star game are going to be unveiled at the first intermission. So okay. I'll tee you up when that happens. I know we're, we're big Jersey nerds. So sadly, sure no Frank... honor Bedard for that game is like, Oh, it is sad. That has me pretty upset. The only, uh, the only, the only uh, positive out of that is maybe that, maybe that allows Logan Coley to win the award. Cause he's been, he was on Bedard's uh, heels there, but, um, Anyway, back to football. So, so Steelers go two and one. They beat the Raiders. Then you know they go to they go at Houston against the Texans. And at this point, you know, at the beginning of the year, we probably thought this was a shoe and win. But with how the Steelers had been playing those first three weeks, they go into Houston. And I feel like of all the games, Frank, this was the the C.J. Stroud coming out party. Um, they beat they beat the Steelers. The Texans do. They beat the Steelers and just try. They don't just beat them; they trounce them. And like I said, I, I feel that was the C.J. Stroud coming out party of like, you know, damn, this guy might be in the running for winning offensive rookie of the year. Um, just decimated that defense there. You know, they host ball. Of, sorry to What's interrupt up? you, but it, it no, reminds me of. Um, remember when Mahomes came in here like week two of like 2017? Yeah, and, and like lit it up five touchdowns and everybody's like who's this i that was kind of the same feeling with stroud you know i i, I was a big stroud fan and i thought carolina should have taken him number one instead of Grace young but um yeah to realize like he's this good this fast you know the steelers were favored in this game and like laid a huge egg um that went 30 to 6 um yeah that was a, a, a at least to Pittsburgh fans, his coming out party where I, we all realized Stroud's the real deal. And we're about to see him in a couple of hours in the playoffs. Yeah. And that, they were definitely the surprise team of the year. And I'm sure we'll get into yeah. that a little bit there. So then they host Baltimore, Frank. Um, they do win this game, but there was some collateral damage. Uh, this, this, I believe this is a game the picket got hurt in. Um, Trubisky comes in, mops up to it. He kind of pretty much holds, holds serve here for the, or no, this is the game. The re- no, I'm sorry, I must have the year. This is where he. Yeah, is this the game? This is the one where he hit um, Pickens for the win. It was like last second he hit him with for the Kenny Pickett hit that like sideline and then yak. Yeah, Pickens we went yak. The Joey went Porter yak interception. The Joey Porter interception on Beckham yeah. got the ball back. I think Pickett's one audible. He was you know he does he's not allowed to audible, which was stupid. But he I think he said screw it. He saw single coverage down low on Pickens, and he audibled and, and kind of just lost it up there, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, they bounce back there. They go at a SoFi Stadium all the way across the country to the West Coast. They beat the L.A. Rams in kind of the same fashion, where they really were coming out sluggish, slow, not executing on offense. And then, for, you know, as Mark Madden likes to say, hashtag fourth quarter Kenny. He comes, you know, with no fear of, and you know, no, no fear, you know, at all. Just comes hit and hit everyone in stride. Deontay Johnson. Uh, remember that game is the, the the game that Pickett's got a bunch of penalties there. Celebration. Yeah. The the Heinz Ward crack back block. And they um, built a, They beat a good team there at that time. Nobody knew the Rams were, you know, kind of on their way to ten and seven yeah. in the playoffs. But uh, they or nine and nine and eight, I think they went. But. They they sat starters the last week. That, the Rams are a good team to to win on the road in L.A. After it was after the bye, and Tomlin teams usually play well after the bye. But this is even still with Matt Canada, and I thought 
the offense looked really good this game, you know, coming off the, the on bowl to beat Baltimore. And then they did, you know, in the second half, let Kenny do what Kenny does best and improvise and tuck the shackles off a little bit. And we'll talk a little bit later about that. But like Pickett was looking pretty good, you know, in this stretch of games and the Steelers sat at four and two and were looking pretty good after this Rams game. And this is and this is the game that I first heard of uh, of Nakua. That I was like I didn't really hurt. I knew he was you know coming. Yeah, out of everybody's fantasy darling. Yeah, <laughs> he had a big game this in a loss, albeit. Then Frank they got home to Jacksonville, and I think this is a game I think a lot of Steelers fans not not that they were going to necessarily they knew it was going to be tougher than the preseason because the Jags had kind of come on a little bit, um, but this was just not good. They get they get trounced. They kind of sort of came back at the end, but I've kind of called that garbage time. They got trounced by the Jags. They lose Pickett in the game. Um, I think it was the concussion. This is what this was in the ankle deal. Yeah, right at the, midfield, he had his head hit the ground. I think. Yeah. yeah. So Trubisky comes in and 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 not and not as good, not really good. I mean, he's taking deeper shots than Pickett was that game, but some really careless balls thrown there and the. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers at, at the Acrisure Stadium in front of a lot, Frank, actually in front of a lot of uh, uh, Thai wrestling into this. This was uh, around this weekend. They had um, AEW was in Pittsburgh around the time there. Shad Khan and company with his team. Yes. Yeah, so Tony Khan and the Khans. Tony and Khan, yeah. And uh, Pitt, like Britt Baker and all them, like Pittsburgh area wrestlers. They were around, they were there at that game too. So um, uh, Britt, even though Britt is employed by a Jaguars owner, she was showing her black and gold. So, you know, she's definitely Pittsburgh through and through there. And then, then came the Thursday night against the Titans. Frank, remember the Steelers were kind of running into a little bit of a a, a, a phenomenon there because this is uh, the week after Will Levis takes over the starting job uh, in the Titans. He had that big Sunday game. I forget who they played. I want to say I try to remember who they played, but Levis had his big coming up party through like what four or five touchdown passes. And then they he go. Was, to- he looked great against us too. He, he yeah. I think he's going to be good. I do too. Um, and he was good. As you, as you mentioned, he was good this game. It kind of almost beat us at the end. He had a, he, they drove and he was like at the what the 10, 20 yard line with a chance yeah, to a couple win. missed throws. Well, the, well, the pick six was the final curtain there at the end of there, but but he had a lot of great throws that game. And so the Steelers definitely were definitely there was a lot of pucker factor there with 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 uh, last second drive and Will Levis having the ball. But Pittsburgh ekes that win to Tennessee. They they host Green Bay that Sunday. Jordan Love, the Jordan Love area in Green Bay starts. Again, the, the the Packers take a, a lead early, but uh, as it always was, fourth quarter Kenny makes his comeback and and um, they beat the Packers. That was a, that was a close one, Frank. I remember. And I remember Love, Porter, Love had the ball late to beat us too in that game. Yeah, and so the the defense, I guess, what was what we say, Frank, the cliche bend but don't break defense. Yeah, uh, come up big there. They beat the Packers uh, in a very close. Nail biter there, which which kind of like you you kind of uh, uh, after the Rams you kind of added that perspective of they weren't as bad as we thought they were because they ended up being okay pretty you know they developed same thing with the Packers I mean they, yeah. after this love love you know, hosts Kansas City on Sunday Night Football and he beats Mahomes straight up and a couple other very impressive wins too so the Packers are certainly nothing to be messed with and they're also in the playoffs as well then they go to Cleveland Frank against the Browns um, they're not playing Watson who's hurt. And uh, they had not yet, or they, if they had signed Joe Flacco, he was on the practice squad, not quite playing. But um, uh, Bethel Thompson played this game, and they do beat the Steelers. This was this was the game. Um, this was the probably the rock bottom game, as I call it. Well, I mean, I guess you, I don't know if you want to say rock bottom because see what happens in a few weeks after this. But 
the rock bottom game where they just couldn't hit anything. The Browns were, were on all cylinders. They, the Steelers managed to hang around a little bit. Uh, but this was, Frank, if you were to say uh, the Kenny Pickett uh, season performance, this probably was his worst game of the year. Uh, and they yeah. give credit for the Browns. They had a good defense. But um, but this was not the game for Kenny Pickett. couple of careless throws. Uh, just not, honestly, just not getting past third down. They were, it was always a lot of three and outs. Um, Presley Harvin had a really a, a, all season long, but definitely should have this game. Well, lack of execution in the punt game, um, and and Bethel Thompson, Jordan Bethel Thompson, right? It was Dorian Thompson. Dorian, Thompson. I'm sorry. D, yeah, yeah, D, 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 Jordan Bethel Thompson, yeah, from UCLA. March the field down, kick the field goal. The Browns win this game. Um, I'll let you chime in, Frank. You were trying to chime in there. Um, and this and this would be the the Canada song song as he was fired, I believe, Tuesday. Um, the fall. Yeah. And this yeah. is kind of like the halfway point, and it's like the Steelers were actually at six and three coming into this game without Watson, and it was it seemed like this is their chance to like even take the division because I think we are a game behind Baltimore at this time. Yeah. With still a game left with them, and you know that you look ahead at the schedule and you have Arizona and New England on it, and you know you're thinking to yourself, you go to seven and three, um, you you know I actually thought they would. Win in Cleveland and lose in Cincinnati, uh, which is our next game, uh, and they ended up flip flopping that. So they were still seven and four after those two games, which I thought they'd be. But momentum was kind of a different way, and I thought they could really even stay in the division race if they beat Cleveland. The, so to not, not be able to beat Dorian Thompson Robinson, a rookie quarterback, um, our offense wasn't able to, to do enough to beat him. It was pretty. Pretty bad performance in one of those Tomlin games, you know, where he's having an overachieving season, he seems like, and he always has one of those, and then he's going to have two more of those as we move on here. But, um, yeah, that one was bad. And then I'll just take it into Cincinnati on yeah. Cincinnati. All right, we're on to Cincinnati. And um, <laughs> we'll talk about him later. We got breaking news. So we got the breaking news Tuesday, like you said, November 21st, after that game that the Steelers finally let go Matt Canada. Nothing personal against him, but I think everybody in the country was calling for his firing. It was so bad they were chanting it at the Penguins' home opener. At Penguin Games, yeah, which, like, people on ESPN were like, what is that? Like, why are they College game day, people had fire Canada signs at college game day. Pat McAfee was starting to spread the rumor because everybody felt like the Steeler team with their defense and, you know, their offensive weapons. Um, should should have have a shot at the Super Bowl and Canada was holding them back. He was the fall guy, you know. He was a scapegoat, similar to Ken Dorsey in Buffalo. Same thing happened yeah. to him. And um, so they do fire Canada and they they do this um, dual co- coordinators with running back coach Eddie Faulkner, quarterback coach Mike Sullivan. Sullivan calls the plays. Faulkner coordinates it. That's their interim thing that's still going on now. Um, uh, but so, and it's mostly the same playbook. You don't have time to flip that over, but at least those two guys are changing up the sequencing, adding a few wrinkles. And uh, against Cincinnati, you you kind of saw it. They you saw their first game in 58 games where they got 400 yards in total offense. Coincident or not, um, you you decide. But uh, 58 games in a row with Canada under 400 total yards. The moment he's gone, they get 400 total yards. They open up <laughs> the middle of the field, which every fan from their couch, everybody loves to say, fans, coaches know better than Joe Schmo on his couch. Well, everybody was on their couch saying fire Canada, and every Joe Schmo on the couch, like me and Bronson and others, were saying throw the ball down the middle of the field, throw it down the seam, youth fryer, move more, mix it up. 
play action. They start doing all that, and they look great in Cincinnati. Now, it didn't translate the points. They only won 16 to 10. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to put and to put context in this game too, uh, Joe Burrow was out for the year, so that uh, yeah, so, right, yeah, Browning we, was playing. We got that same news that week that Burrow hurt hurt his wrist, and so it was looking like okay, we just lost in Cleveland, we're six and four, but we have a Burrowless Bengals, and then we have the hapless Cardinals and hapless Patriots. Um, we might be able to get to seven and four, eight and four, nine and four, and this division is really in play. So we, we do eke by the Bengals with Josh, uh, Josh Browning, um, Jake Browning, whatever it is. Yeah, Jake Browning. Um, so who played decent, but Steelers are looking better. Canada's gone. We're coming home to Arizona. Um, Kyler Murray the, returns. Yeah, with the new offense. I'll let you jump back in, bro. Yeah. And there we're, gonna, we're, we're about to go eight and four, right? Sorry, baby. It's a, new, <laughs> it's a new era in Pittsburgh football. You know, Canada's out. You know they're gonna go on a run here. Kenny Pickett's finally found a stride. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna get it. We're gonna make it happen. So then they go play the Cardinals home, Acrisure Stadium. And then believe it or not, uh, you know this is uh, I think this was not the first game back, maybe the second game back for Kyler Murray, who had that ACL injury since you know recovering he tore last season. So he makes a return, Frank, um, and. Instantly, it goes to hell in a handbasket uh, as Kenny Pickett gets hurt this game. This was the high ankle sprain game. He comes, he gets hurt very early in the game. Uh, Mitch Trubisky comes in, and this is kind of all she wrote. Trubisky has a pretty putrid game. The defense, not necessarily very good either. They allow Kyler Murray to kind of get going a little bit. But actually, the, the X factor I thought Frank was uh, the former Steeler and uh, Pitt Panther James Conner had had a had a hell of a game against his former team and a stadium that he was used to playing his entire career. So in a good year for him, he stayed relatively healthy. And then that, that their tight end killed us too. Oh, McBride half. Yeah. Yeah. Or no. Or yeah. Yeah. Trey McBride. Yeah. And uh, I think there was another, wasn't there another Steeler in there that, that, that got us? I'm trying to think. They usually are Steelers. West, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought there was another Steeler. In there, but, but anywho, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray and James Conner. And you said like Trey McBride, uh, their offense outscores Pittsburgh's, like I said, and and Trubisky didn't really. He kind of, we were kind of finding out that maybe Mitch Trubisky wasn't the savior that a lot of the the picket haters had hoped he he would would have been. Uh, the Cardinals come away with a win there, and again we I feel like I feel like we're the Yinzers making excuses for some of these losses, Frank. But the Cardinals would go on and beat Philadelphia to, to, at the end of the year, a very good Philadelphia team. So and they were keeping it close to a lot of other good teams. So. You know, yeah, two wins at the time, but they build off of this win in Pittsburgh and go on to beat some some very high tier teams there, Frank. So, um, so that so I'm, again, I'm not trying to say excuse making. They deserve the Steelers obviously deserve to lose, but but I just like to, I like to give you since this happened, this is what happened after, right? So they lose to the Cardinals and Frank. They don't get much time to pre- the prep. This is a Sunday at what Sunday at four o'clock game or Sunday at one game. I forget. They don't get There's much all time those to rain delays, member. That's why it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, got over late. Yeah, so um, yeah, the, the rain delays. So you know, the end, a game ends fairly, you know, early in the evening on Sunday. In fact, they don't get much time to pre- they don't get much time to break because Thursday on Amazon Prime they have the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick, well, we thought maybe Mac Jones, but I think it was Bailey Zappi that started that game, uh, and uh, it was just basically Frank a continuation uh, of what the Sunday game against the Cardinals were unable to get out of the gate, constant three and outs, uh, mistakes by the by the offense, mis- mistakes by the defense. You know, interceptions, drop passes, you fill the blanks in them. 
You can't give Bill Belichick, no matter how bad the teams are that he's putting out there, that kind of op- that many opportunities they're going to get you. Um, so in a, in a span of what Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's in a span of five days, they take two losses. And this could have been really the point, Frank, where the season could have been buried because these are w- probably wins they should have had. And then they wouldn't have had to sweat the last week out. Well, we thought things were going to get better. You know, the Colts, you know, they really were going to be a good team with, with, um, um, Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, he gets hurt. He's out for the year. So then, of course, Gardner Minshew comes in, Frank. These are always the times where Gardner Minshew comes in. He's almost like, you know, the next coming of Fitz Magic, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so the Colts had some pretty key victories during the year, especially beating uh, the Ravens in Baltimore. That was a huge one, I thought, for them. So they host the Steelers, and, you know, they were kind of a Saturday game. And this was the game that you were kind of hoping, you know, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But just just need that one more thing, that one more deal that's going to get them by that. And um, it's close to down to the end, but the Steelers were unable to really kind of convert on offense. Again, another, the third and final game of the Trubisky era, pretty much. Uh, it just did not look well. Uh, Gardner Minshew marches him down the field, Frank. I mean, he, uh, this, I think Mark Madden put it in great context. Actually, I'm glad you thought of this. In this game, the Colts did not have Jonathan Taylor. They didn't have Richardson. They didn't have they didn't have Pittman for most of the game. Remember the, the Casey hit? He's yeah. ejected. Pittman's out. The, I think the other wide receiver, they lost like two of their starting wide receivers, their starting running back, and their starting quarterback, and still beat Pittsburgh. And pretty so, bad too. Pretty badly too, yeah. And so we do one one of the key moments of this game is at the end of the game, we see Mason Rudolph taking some snaps there. Uh I think it was the last drive or whatever it was. He took a snap or the one series. And so that that became the rumblings of whether Mason Rudolph was going to was going to play. And a couple of days later, in a press conference, Mike Tallman says when they host Cincinnati that Mason Rudolph will be the starter. It was a Christmas Eve day game, or no, no, Christmas Eve was on Sunday. It was the day before, so it was a Saturday on on the weekend of Christmas Eve. Uh, the Steelers played the Bengals. Um, Frank might be able to actually look. I mean, obviously, I know they uh, they laid it on the Bengals, but this was a game uh, I was at a family function, so I didn't get to see a lot of, but. I was listening on the radio, and this was Frank. This was the the resurrection of Mason Rudolph, at least as we know now. And um, he came. It was a it was a huge coming out party. The Bengals lost a little bit of steam there during that game too. Especially to come out and score early and you score quick as Mason Rudolph did. And him and um, George Pickens seemed to really find a rapport together. Uh, the rapport that you know controversially all year he was not finding with Kenny Pickett, and not not so much either with 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 uh, Mitch Trubisky. So the Steelers went big in this game. I'm going to turn this over to you, Frank. I, this is actually a game I didn't really watch because, like I said, I was at a family function. So um, I was happy to hear it. You know, especially being the Bengals is always fun. Um, but, yeah, this was the beginning of, of, of Mason mania, Rudolph mania. And, of course, on the eve of Christmas, you know, Rudolph saved our, you know, Santa Santa brought Rudolph to save our season. Yeah, this one was, uh, it was a fun one. And everybody was, I think, ready for Rudolph. I, you know, I, I mentioned that in the opener that I was at this game and uh, at, or as at the uh, Patriot game. And I heard it, I was part of it, the Rudolph chants. And uh, a lot of people were saying, boy, the Roonies uh, are hearing this and Tomlin's hearing this. And pretty, sure enough, in the next press conference, he said, we're turning it over to Mason. And he had to, at that point, um, it, it had gone, you know, the Trubisky experiment uh, was, was over you could tell that he he might have his best football might be behind him. So 
give the give Rudolph a shot. He's a guy that's kind of I feel like he's not had a shot, uh, a legit shot. Ten starts or so. We all know about the skipping the past in the tie game against Detroit to a wide open Ray Ray McLeod, and you know hasn't looked great. But a lot of that's you know the concussion and then the Miles Garrett helmet swing. You know this poor guy's you know chance kind of got derailed the the first time Ben was hurt and he had a chance. Um. But no, the Bengal game, Steelers look great, firing on all cylinders. Right off the bat, first drive, 86-yard touchdown to Pickens. Kind of on a quick slant where it was only a 10-yard throw, but Pickens did the rest. So, you know, I was telling people, you know, calm down a little bit. That was all Pickens. <laughs> it's not, you know, everybody's like, look, it's already, you know, Rudolph's the man. I was like, well, let's let's see what happens. But the rest of the game, he was good, and, you know, he was confident in the pocket. He was uh, standing in there making the throws. and. We, we were kind of way out in front in the Bengals this whole game. You know, the Bengals were kind of trying to stay in it, but I think we led by two scores most of the way, and we ended up winning like 30 to 11 or something, uh, 34 to 11. And it's funny because after the Patriot loss, it was like, you know, every everybody in Pittsburgh was seasons over. You're seven and seven. You just had two of the worst losses in franchise history. Um, I was one of them. Um, and, and, you know, my tune still hasn't changed with the, their recent surge, but um, saying Tomlin might have to go. Um, they were talking about culture. You know, you don't lose two games like that at home. It was the first time in league history that a team with a winning record lost to two teams um, with 10 losses at home in a row. I know that's a, like, that's a, a mouthful, but I don't know how Elias Sports Bureau finds that out, but um, no team had ever lost back-to-back home home games to, to 10 lost teams um, is an easier way to say it. Um, so it, it was rock bottom and there's four games or, and then you, yeah, you mentioned the bang, uh, the Colt game. So it's three in a row um, and they're seven and seven and it's pretty much rock bottom. I think um New York Times uh, playoff machine and the ESPN playoff machine that we like to play around with Adam at like a 6% chance to make the playoffs. You know, you're doing all the scenarios. The Steelers got to win out with some help um, at this point with a month to go in the season. Uh, Steeler fans are thinking it's over. Bengal tickets for, for, for Christmas Eve Eve. We're going for like 20 bucks up, up in the 500 level. It's going to be cold. It's right around Christmas. They're, they're on a three game losing streak. My sister actually considered going because she's like, ah, it might be the first time in years you might get like $20 tickets. We should take my nephew. Like she ended up not going, but like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was rock bottom. And then they, they, you know, they got that win to get to eight and seven and they got a lot of help that Sunday. I think the, uh, the Sunday slate of games on Christmas Eve, I think like Jacksonville lost, uh, Cleveland might have lost, you know, et cetera. And it was like, eh, we're actually in the hunt. I think I like they would put the 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 standings up on the screen and Pittsburgh was like still actually the seven seed, like of everything that's happened. So I'm thinking to myself, as bad as they looked, the AFC is kind of top heavy and there's a lot of teams lumped together at eight and seven, nine and nine and uh six. And I'm like, this season isn't over if Rudolph continues. Uh, to to stay hot, and uh, we'll see what happens. So you know that's kind of where we're leaning, Bronson. I'll let you go out to Seattle. No, and that was. And it's, I'm glad you brought that point up too. Is not only did the Steelers win that game on Christmas Eve, Eve I say that Christmas Eve, Eve um, yeah. they got help too, like you said. 
with other teams losing. Uh, so I think I want to say like that was the game that Denver lost. Then Denver lose. Yeah, Denver Oops. lost against New England. I watched that yeah. game on on Prime. It was a yeah, good Denver match. lost to New England. Like Jacksonville lost. Like. Everything kind of that's that's just always so funny. Even the year that the Steelers <laughs> lost in the first round of Kansas City, Holtz like, lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I mean. Like the, Carson Wentz chokes when they need, they, you know, when Pittsburgh needed them to. It's like, like they always, when they get these runs, everyone always helps them out too. Yeah. So, so here we go. So now there's a glimmer of hope, mm-hmm. but they would have to go to Seattle. I keep, I keep, I keep want to say centrally. Let's call it Quest Field or something like now. I keep wanting to say Central League, and it's not Central League anymore. But anywho, the home of the Twelves, they go play the they play the um, Seattle Seahawks. I was distracted. The Frank uh, Adam Fox just scored Rangers up two one. But um, so they go up there. Geno Smith is back. They had played with Drew Locke for a couple weeks at that point. Geno Geno the Machino is back in there to play uh, the Steelers. And Josh uh, gets off. <laughs> Josh gets off, and um, no. And the, and this was a pretty close game there till the end there too, Frank. And at Lumen and, Field in Seattle. Yeah, and and believe it or not, Lumen I was Field. <laughs> and I watched the uh, NFL um, NFL game day morning on NFL Network, and uh, you know the segment they do. It's called the lone. It's a little slow wolf if the, if the one person predicts it. So they do all the picks, and you know one person is the outlier. He's the lone wolf. He wears this wolf head and and the howls. So. It was the panel all picked Seattle to win. Even you know Michael Irvin, everyone on the staff. But Kurt Warner throws the the the, uh, the wolf hat on. And he looks he looks a big howl at the moon as he picked the Pittsburgh Steelers. The only guy on the on the on the table that had to pick the Steelers to win this game, uh, and he ended up being the 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 supreme lone wolf as the Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Or Cincinnati Bengals. He's saying Bengals. The Seattle Seahawks, Frank. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Seattle Seahawks. And this is the first win in Seattle since 1983, telling you how tough it is for the Pittsburgh to win in Seattle. 1983, Terry Bradshaw was still the quarterback of the Steelers. So definitely telling you, uh, even if it's Century League Field or whatever Frank just called the new stadium now, or even back in the old days of the Kingdom, uh, they they seem to not be able to to do farewell in, in Seattle. But they they break that bugaboo this game. Mason Rudolph goes to 2-0 as a starter, and they head to a game on Saturday night against, on New Year's Eve Eve, Saturday night against the Baltimore Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium. Now keep in mind, Frank, the Ravens did play most of their, they already locked up the North at this point. They did play most of their starters except Lamar. I think, uh, you know, the running backs, they they played sparingly. The big, uh, Gus Edwards is the big one. Um, they played sparingly. And, um, and the Steelers obviously had to play for everything there. And just one of those, your typical Baltimore Pittsburgh low scoring games. And, uh, the weather was not very kind to either team. It was cold. It was rainy, um, kind of hard to move the ball through the air. So the Steelers now keep in mind during this, this time, Frank, kind of what we lost sight of as we recap the games for you, the audience is that with Rudolph in and pick it out, they leaned on the run game a lot more too, which allowed Najee Harris to finally kind of break out towards the end of the year. And Jalen Warren still did his same Jalen Warren stuff. But the 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 sharing of the workload was definitely swung more towards Harris, I believe, as the season closed out. Um, which so Najee Harris is one of definitely one of the un, unsung heroes in the Steelers resurgence. 
And they leaned heavily on the run game in this game, Frank. And Najee Harris played two touchdowns. Um, Rudolph making the throws when he had to in the rain. It's easy to say, you know, small completions. Well, you know, you know, it's it's easy to say that because you know, he didn't throw as much. But when he had to throw in the rain, he was making the throws. And that's that's tough, tough uh, conditions to play in. And keep in mind, Frank, that tie against the Lions um, the week that Ben had COVID, that was also a rainy game, too, when they hosted the Lions. So. Rudolph definitely used to playing in those harsh, strict conditions. The Steelers win, but that wasn't it, Frank. That was not it. They needed help. Mm-hmm. They needed either the Colts and the Colts played the Texans. They either needed that game to tie, very small percentage. Yeah. So there was the outside, and it was close there at the end. So I know you I know. and I were watching again, like maybe this could happen. Maybe they'll tie. Yeah. Well, it doesn't happen. Houston wins. They clinch. They get in the playoffs. So then the Steelers either needed Jacksonville to lose to the Tennessee Titans, or if that did not happen, uh, the Steelers would need the Bills to lose to the Miami Dolphins. Um, uh, Bills hosting that game. They need, or, no, that was, in, that was in Buffalo, yeah. They in Miami. The Bills. It was in Miami. Oh, it was in Miami? Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. They needed the Bills to, they, they needed the Bills, the Miami to win at home against the Bills on Sunday night if the Titans couldn't handle business. So, the, so I'm hoping, Frank, like you are, we're watching the, 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 the slew of one o'clock games. We're like, just take care of a Tennessee. That way we don't get a pucker Sunday night. We can just celebrate, pop the champagne. We're in the playoffs, right? And it was a close game for a while. But I guess you would have to say, Frank, this was possibly the, not, I would say not only the coming out party, but possibly the, the farewell game for Derrick Henry as he ran all over the, the Jacksonville defense. Trevor Lawrence playing injured. Uh, made some very egregious mistake throws, egregiously mistaken throws. And um, Will Levis was hurt from the last time the Steelers played, so uh, Ryan Tannehill played this game. And the Titans did just enough, Frank, just enough to to give um, uh, f- uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler and their head coach at the time, Mike Vrabel, the W. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, are they're the choke artists this year. And we have to circle it back, Frank, when the Steelers lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars at Akershire. Jordan Poyer grabbing the terrible towel from the crowd, twirling it around, mocking the terrible towel. There was always that urban legend, the curse of the terrible towel. TJ Hushmanzada suffered it. Lendell White and Keith Bullock suffered it. Um, There's some other ones that, that, that lesser known, but... When we saw that happen, Frank, early in the season at home, I don't think any of us thought that we would come back and, and uh, you know, the car, as Taylor Swift would say, karma, karma would come back to get Jacksonville on this. They lose the Tennessee, and they are out of the playoffs, and the Pittsburgh Steelers clinch the last wild card spot, and it all been short that 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 uh, Buffalo got in too. So um, they didn't necessarily need the win, but they got the win uh, Sunday night. So. Good thing they leaned on the ten- Pittsburgh got the Tennessee win because they would not have gotten the the, the Buffalo the, the Buffalo loss. So there's that. So yeah, Frank, the curse of the terrible towel gets the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're out. And I think a lot of Pittsburgh fans were laughing at that. So mm-hmm. that got them. Um, as we record, we Frank and I were, they just broke as we hit record. Uh, the Steeler Buffalo game was supposed to be at 1 p.m. on Sunday due to weather conditions in the state of New York. That will now be moved to Monday at 4.30 p.m. on Martin Luther King Day. So 
going to be a rough road ahead for the Steelers, already kind of underdogs. But maybe, Frank, the cold, the extreme cold features can kind of, you know, they always say I, they always say that kind of that kind of uh, goes against the team with the most skill. A lot of people think that's Buffalo, so maybe this could be a game where Pittsburgh, you know, can go up there and any. Well, I guess they play Monday now, so any given Monday mm-hmm. they could go up there and, and try to get the W. But the Steelers, you know, they they snatch victory from the jaws of defeat in the season. They get in the playoffs, and I think now I think every Steeler fan probably feels at this point that the Steelers are playing with house money now against Buffalo. If they lose, they should have lost. If they win, maybe Mason Rudolph mania continues, and who knows how far that could go. Yeah, Bronson, great job finishing up the season there and that little three-game winning streak that they had to have and with the hot hand, Mason Rudolph, and, you know, forgotten in that kind of three-week stretch is the little bit of the quarterback controversy, and I'll talk about that where, you know, Kenny Pickett was supposed to miss four weeks with the um, – the high ankle sprain that happened against the Cardinals. So the New England game, the Indy game, the Bengal game, pretty much, you know, he's going to miss. Um, I'd hope to return in Seattle. He actually had hoped to maybe even play against Cincy. Um, rolled him out there. Pretty much says my ankle's better. I'm ready to play against Seattle. And, you know, Tomlin announces Mason's got the ball. You know, Tomlin, very cryptic, very noncommittal in the press conference like he normally is and you know we're gonna go forward with mason having the ball early and evaluate kenny you know and obviously he wants the the seahawks to have to prepare for both and i know that's all gamesmanship but um uh the the controversy is pickett does not show up in uniform in seattle trubisky shows up as the backup and everybody says kenny refused to be qb2 um he's a crybaby he thinks it's his job he's entitled to it Um, He squashed those rumors, but a lot of credible sources said that that was true. Um, I don't know if we'll ever learn. We'll ever know. Um, But uh, he's a healthy scratch pretty much against Seattle. He's benched. You can you can say it. He's uh, you know, even though the the team and Tomlin tried to frame it as his ankle still tender. um, We thought Mason gave us the best chance to, to win with with Kenny coming off the ankle. They said things like that coming off the ankle. But Pickett, you know, tweets and like says in separate interviews, my ankle's fine. I'm healthy. So it's officially a benching. I mean, he's back. He's ready. They bench him. And then Baltimore comes around. And that's another week of like, well, you could go back to Kenny at this point. Um, it's a must win game in the division. He's beaten Baltimore before, yada, yada. Um, nope, we're going to stick with the hot hand and Mason. Um, uh, again, I heard, you know, with, with the ankle still being tender, which has got to make Kenny mad because it's just not true. Um, he's totally back from it. So there's this kind of division of Kenny people, Mason people. Um, you know, I'm actually, you know, you know how much I'm a Kenny guy after our draft reaction, but I, I'm on team yeah. Mason. Now. I, I'm on the, the thing. What, what helps you Same. win? The most? I am I mean, it's like a backup goalie. Like sometimes you run, remember Penguins ran Thomas Bakun for a while. Instead yeah. of Flurry, like you, you, you still have the chance to go back to Flurry. Yeah, have the chance to go back to Pickett at some point. It's not forever, but right yeah. now Mason's the hot hand. the The team is rallying around him, and I made the analogy of the goalie with with Katie. I said, "Did you notice last year when the Penguins played and DeSmith played instead of Jari? The Penguins seemed to play way better. Like you just psychologically, the team plays better around a backup." We saw it in the 90s with Tom Zach. Like, Mike Tom Zach would come in and the Steelers would look great. 
and everybody would be like, Tom Zach should be the starter. And, you know, I love Tom Zach. <laughs> eventually it would like show its ugly head that, like, okay, maybe he's not. And I, I hope that doesn't happen with Rudolph on Monday. But at some point, is midnight going to strike for Cinderella? We don't know. But, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the Steelers. I'm a Kenny guy, so I'm still rooting for Mason. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's, not, it's not hard to root for Mason. He's a great guy. He's a man of faith. He's, you know, humble. Um, he, you know, he's not a jerk. Yeah. And like I said, he had I, I think even who watched him play at Oklahoma State, especially if you're a Pitt fan when he came to Heinz Field and mm. dropped it on him. I think they know that Mason Rudolph could throw the football. He's talented. <laughs> he's got great arm talent. He's got a strong arm and accurate arm. And what he's doing this time around is he's standing in the pocket and he's delivering balls on time into tight windows. He The, the offensive line is protecting him. And he's standing in there and he's making the throws he's got to make. The run game is really helping, like you touched upon. Warren and Harris are are a great one-two punch. Harris quietly, first stealer to have three straight thousand-yard seasons. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's pounding away in the run blocking since they put Broderick Jones in is great. Darnell Washington in the triple tight end sets. Um, and you know, in what do they call it? Like the power package. Um, they're running the ball well, which sets up the pass. It opens up play action. And Mason's protecting the football and, you know, the receivers are happy. Pickens and Johnson are way happier. You know, if you, if you gave them true serum, uh, they would say they're so much happier with, with Rudolph in there than Pickett because they just don't feel Pickett can get the ball to them downfield. Um, they don't think enough. There's enough zip on his ball. Um, he bails out on the pocket too much. and starts rot, rot, running around. Mason stands in the pocket and delivers it from the pocket. So, We'll see. I mean, they have a whole, you know, if, if this magical run ends in Buffalo or if they're able to get to the to, to Baltimore in the divisional round, if they pull off an upset in Buffalo, they automatically play the Ravens. Um, you never know what happens there. They they kind of have their number. I mean, could they go to an AFC championship game run with Mason Rudolph? It would be it would be out of it'd be crazy. But then they have the whole offseason to figure it out and maybe go back to Kenny, maybe get a, another veteran. Um, but for right now. And it's funny, they they talked about that old song, Mr. Right Now. Remember with Roethlisberger? <laughs> yeah. Probably Jack Hillbillies. Um, yes. They said they had him on the news and he like rewrote the lyrics like with Mason Rudolph. And it, Mason Rudolph is Mr. Right Now. And you just got to keep riding the hot hand and you got to hope that. Now, if the game was in Buffalo tomorrow, like it was supposed to be on Sunday with nine inches of snow, that might help the Steelers in their run game and keep it low scoring and Josh Allen's limited and all that. But Moving it to Monday, it's just going to be cold, um, no no snow, um, probably less wind. So that's going to be more more normal conditions where you'd think that, like, I wonder if the Vegas line's going to go up now, the, the over-under. If you got your um, if you got your over-under bet in on the under, um, you're lucky because they might raise it to, like, 40 now. Um, yeah. it, was at 30, it was at, like, 34 and a half. Um, but now with better conditions, Monday, the over-under might shoot up in Vegas. Um, but anywho. Um, no, and, and, yeah. and before, you, before you move on, I just want, you know, I got to give a little shout out to a friend of the show and a good buddy of mine, Alan Reiner. He's, he's always a big Mason Rudolph guy, even when, you know, when he didn't get a shot in camp. And he's like, this guy can play. He, he was given yeah. a raw deal by the fans, yep. especially for that Detroit game, which we also didn't put in perspective, too. Yeah, he skipped the ball or whatever, but. He Just found out the day of. Yeah, well, yeah. well, hold on. I'll go to that in a second. So, he, so in overtime, 
Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson fumbled the ball. He gets them. Like, they're going to be in range to kick the field goal and win the game, and they dropped and they fumbled the football. So, yeah. like, he doesn't get credit for that. Like, they would have probably won the game if I, one of those two had held on to the football. And it is funny because after the first game when, when they beat Cincinnati, he is given the, the press conference, right? Or he's talking. And he goes, oh, it, it was nice to not have a 12-hour or less heads up to know that you were starting. And yeah. I was kind of a, a dig at Ben because mm-hmm. Ben had COVID, that Detroit game. But a lot of inside Steelers sources said that Ben knew well in advance that he had COVID and that yeah. maybe it could have been some careful manipulation there to say the, to say it last second to kind of yeah. make himself look more to, like they need him more than they did. So so that, I thought that was kind of funny, although although I guess, you know, Rudolph and Ben have kind of like not like they've been diplomatic about each other, too. Well, which I guess I'm sure this old cowboy still got a little bit left. I yeah. love that clip <laughs> they play on the fan. Uh, this old cowboy. <laughs> So, but no, Freck, and uh, that's kind of what I had to say before you, and then if you wanted to move on to uh, some other stuff. Um, well, just Bronson, uh, real quick, you would, you know, to wrap up the season, yeah. you, talked about, you wanted to talk about some stats. And um, so Pickett played 12 out of the 17 games and threw for 2,000 yards, only six touchdowns. That's a big thing is like his inability to, to get the ball in the end zone. Six touchdowns, four picks, um, a passer rating of 81.4. Um, yeah. Rudolph Rudolph comes in and goes three and zero, three touchdowns, no interceptions, rating of one eighteen. Small sample size, but way better numbers. Um, Trubisky was just you know horrendous, four touchdowns, five picks, QBR seventy one point nine. Um, I mentioned a thousand yards rushing for Najee Harris, a four point one yards per carry, which is pretty good. Uh, Jalen Warren, I think, was one of the top, if not the leading, uh, yards per carry guy in the league. He rushed for 784 and a 5.3 yards per carry clip. Um, you know, Harris had eight touchdowns. Warren had four. George Pickens, quietly, I didn't know this, had 1,100 yards receiving. So he was a 1,000-yard receiver, which is yeah. pretty good. Um, and Deontay f- had five touchdowns this year after that long stretch of not getting any. Um, so despite the passing game being pretty bad, five touchdowns is pretty good for Deontay. Um and the defense, you know, is the defense is who makes all the money. Um, and everybody knows about TJ Watt. And we kind of, I guess, you know, I don't know if we're going to preview the Buffalo game, but we kind of did. But TJ Watt got hurt in that Raven game. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the big news is he's not going to play. Friendly fire. Montrevious Adams kind of runs into his, his knee. TJ Watt sprains his MCL. He's going to miss a week. Hopefully be back for Baltimore in the division round if we are able to win. Um but uh, he had uh, 19 sacks in 17 games, which is crazy. Led the league again. He just got first team all pro honors, which is great. He's probably not going to get defensive player of the year because they're going to give that to Miles Garrett like a lifetime. Oh, yeah. Because he's never won it. Uh, even Micah Parsons might get it. Like, I don't know why they just there's like that Steeler anti-bias. TJ's not going to get it, but. Minka missed most of the year uh, with his injury. He'll be back against Buffalo. That helps. Um, I thought he landed. Roberts had a good year at middle linebacker, led the team in tackles. Um, I like the um, the full Holcomb signing. He kind of left halfway through with that another gruesome like Chubb type injury. Um, they've been missing him. A lot of people forget about Cole Holcomb, but the rise of Joey Porter Jr. too. Yes, he's a handsy corner. Yes, he commits a lot of penalties. But I like his size. I like his his battle, his compete level. He took on number one receivers and did pretty well this year. He got under their skin. I think we have something in JPJ Jr. Um, so um, I liked a, a lot of what the defense did. Um, 
you know, they kept us in a lot of games and, you know, we expected that a lot of our money is spent on the defensive side of the ball. It was supposed to be defense and run game and, and, and win some games in the fourth quarter. And yeah, you know, that's Tomlin style. Does it work in 2023? I don't know. He did make the playoffs again. So you kind of got to say it did. Um, even though we no losing season, no losing seasons. Like we all in Pittsburgh, we hate that, but, uh, but no, the Steelers, you know, get it done. They, you know, a lot of their stars, you know, had, had good seasons. Um, and, and I'm excited they made the playoffs, Bronson. And that's kind of our probably our you know, move to the next segment and start. And that's all I have to say about that. that. All right. <laughs> Forrest let's, let's go through how we saw the league, though, real quick. All right. Yeah. So we'll start with the NFC East. You and I both went the same consistently. We went Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders with Cowboys getting the wild card spot. And obviously we were right to an extent. The Cowboys actually ended up winning the division. We were right all year. I mean, uh, the the Eagles started 10 and one and they've been on tailspin. So we had the order exactly right. Yeah. So then, so then, yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles trail off. The Cowboys come on late. So the Cowboys won the NFC. The Eagles end up being a wild card team. Um, And a lot of people were, were wondering, you know, if the Eagles do falter, Will this be the end of Nick Sirianni? Which is weird because he just took him yeah. to the Super Bowl. <laughs> how funny people, how you know, quick people forget. Yeah. But, but um, there's that the NFC North. Okay, uh, let's see the NFC North. Frank should get dabs. I don't have I don't have the the soundboard for the applause. Clap clap, clap clap clap. Frankie had the Lions taking the North. <laughs> I had them second. I had the Vikings taking the North, but obviously Kirk Cousins being hurt and the Vikings struggling to start the year. Didn't allow that. But Frankie did predict the Lions would win the NFC North. So, Frank, dabs to you, my friend. <laughs> Frank also had the Bears as a wild card team. Ooh. That did not happen. Boo there, yes. And Bronson rightfully predictably had the Bears the worst in the NFC North. <laughs> um, we each had the Packers not doing well. You had them finishing last, and I had them finishing second to last. And Obviously, Jordan Love and that team of uh, of the young misfit toys there found their way in the playoffs there. Also, Bronson and Frank were all we also uh, we also slept on the on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield as Frank had them finishing last in the South. I had the Panthers finishing last in the South, um, but the Bucks slightly ahead of them. So none of us saw the Bucks coming on and taking the NFC South, and they're going to play the Eagles in the playoffs. So there's that. Um, what about Baker Mayfield, Frank? Huh? That's the one thing we mentioned. He, he was kind of left on the on the you know the, the scrap heap, and Tampa signs him. We think, oh, it's a one year stop gap, and he's just there to fill a body. And the year he had, you know, for Tampa, and just kind of going through it. Yeah, I mean, you forget a lot. That's a division that's kind of forgotten about, and who's going to. It's one of those who's going to take. Yeah, someone it. had to win it, right? <laughs> someone had to win it, and you, you figured maybe the, the Saints with Derek Carr. Um, that kind of an established quarterback that, it, you know, they were fine. They, they wanted to move on in, in Vegas and try something different, but, uh, he, he still had football left in him. I thought that they, they would kind of be the, the class of that division, but, uh, you no know, Tampa, I mean, and, and that team is, is it, um, Todd Bowles is, is, yes. is, is the head yes. man there now after Arians left and I've always liked him and he. You know, quietly they had a good year down there, and I think they, they. I mean, they won that division. They might have been nine and eight. Um, so it's 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 like that one of those. Remember the one year Seattle won the division and hosted yeah. a playoff game under five hundred. But uh, oh yeah, the, the Marshawn Lynch game in Seattle versus Baker, State, or the, uh, yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, 
Well, uh, Baker well, Baker played Baker football. He he had he was inconsistent. He had some great games, some bad games, um, but good for him. I've always rooted for him, even though he's yeah. but I, I liked him. Yeah, he was kind of given a bad deal in Cleveland, even after he literally postponed, you know, shoulder surgery to kind of finish the season out with him. You know, Chad went out on the shield for the most part. Um, in the touch of the Saints real quick, Frank, you know, the controversy in the last game of the year, Jameis Winston supposed to kneel the ball in victory formation. They gave, what's his name, Rob, or the, what's his name, though? What Williams, the running back, whatever, whatever his name was, the, t- the touchdown. So he got his bonus, but mm-hmm. they were killing, they were killing the Falcons pretty well. And of course, yeah. the the Saints coach w- took a lot of heat from Arthur Smith, who would eventually would get canned less than 24 hours later. Yeah. You know. You know, have some respect, but he goes, it wasn't my call. I, I called for a kneel. And then Jameis Winston did come out and say, uh, us and the team thought we wanted to get our guy's bonus. So yeah, we put him in the end zone. And, and now Jameis Winston are under all this uh, under all this scrutiny. And he's going to be a free agent, I think. Um, if not, he probably will be because I can't imagine him coming back now after what happened there. I hate that. St- I hate the crybaby stuff with running up the score. You're all professional athletes. Yeah. If I was, I mean, I would like to, I do it in Madden all the time. It's like, you know, in the video <laughs> game, but like, who cares if you can't stop me, you're not going to like, I hate all this gentlemanly, like, oh, you need to, you know, respect the other team and kneel down. Who cares? You know, as the, um, the, the Hawks game, you know, and, and, uh, in the Mighty Ducks, you know, you know, there's no point in winning if you can't win big. So, but no, I mean, I think I think it's more. I mean, it's definitely less of the disrespect, other than Winston blatantly uh, disobeying his coach. And yeah. Shannon Sharp even went on on his show on Monday to even say that he thought that Jameis Winston should have been cut instantly from that from yeah. that from that moment. So, and it always seems that Jameis Winston's always behind these little these little shenanigans at some point. Right. He's a little bit immature. We all know that. And then moving on, the NFC West. We thought San Francisco would be the creme de la creme, and they were. Creme de la creme, Illinois State University. That's right. <laughs> if you know the, oh, the sketch. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we were we the only thing we were wrong about is we had the we both had Seahawks second and the Rams third and the Rams uh showed us that they weren't they weren't too old and they weren't too uh depleted of talent, obviously. The emergence of Nakua, uh, Stafford in a full year, you know, played and had again well they had he, he, he didn't play a couple games. We saw the um resurrection of Carson Wednesday that last week. He he started for the Rams, had a pretty good game. So so the Rams, they they exceeded their um, their low expectations and stuck into the dance. So, and, and Frank, of all things, too, the Lions win the North, so they're going to host the playoff game, and then the Rams sneak in, and now Matthew Stafford returns back to Detroit to play the the Lions in the playoffs. The yeah. and, 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 favorite matchups of, of the Wild Card Weekend. I agree, and Jared Goff too, you know, playing his old team as well. So. That'll be that'll be a huge game to watch. That's the one, like you said, other than the Steelers and Bills, that's the one I'm looking the most forward to. Um, and moving to the AFC, the East. Well, of course, we both had the Bills. Um, we had the Dolphins finishing third to the Jets, but obviously this, you know, uh, asterisk. We thought Rodgers would play the whole year, so mm-hmm. kind of move them down. We we would have been right anyway. So there's that. And the Pats, you know, obviously finished last. Uh, the North, we had the Bengals winning the North, although we thought Joe Burrow would play the entire year, so we get, we should get kind of a pass on that. 
I had the Ravens ahead second, although you had the Steelers. So I had Ravens, Steelers, Browns. You had Steelers, Ravens, Browns. So we obviously sold the Browns short, which we thought would 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 all but be sealed when Deshaun Watson was out. But oh, Frank, Joe Flacco was on his couch and gave him a call. The former Pitt and Delaware star, you know, he's on the practice squad. Injuries forced him in, and Flacco mania is taking over Cleveland. And he was able to get them into the playoffs. Um, the Ravens clinched the division, but but the Browns finished higher than the Steelers. And Flacco gets the, the Browns in the playoffs, and they'll play the Houston Texans. And that's a very winnable game for the Browns. So uh, that'll be a good matchup there. But, yeah, Joe, I, mean, I think Flacco probably should win comeback player of the year. We all know it's probably going to be DeMar Hamlin, considering what happened last year. Uh, he'll probably win that. But Flacco definitely... Should not be sold short for the for the comeback he's had. Um, and then the West. Or did we cover the South? No, we didn't cover the South yet. Okay. And then the South. <clears throat> you and I both had the Jags winning the South. Wrong. And ironically, you and I had the Texans finishing last. Wrong. <laughs> CJ Stroud and the, and the, and D'Amico Ryan's and everyone there. Uh, what's his name? Who who is the Tank Dell was the big guy in, in Houston. Those those guys. Um, the you know the he's always a team that surprises Frank. They're one of that, that that's the team there. They uh they go to the playoffs. They're the only team that comes out of the the South. They win the South and and uh, they're gonna play the Browns. As for the West, we called it the Chiefs won Chiefs Kingdom. Although we had the Chargers taking the last wild card spot and that didn't happen. The Chiefs were the only team that come out of the out of the West, right? Yeah, they're the only team that came out of the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the North took three teams. The Chiefs won that, and uh, the Broncos seemed to think that they were probably going to come on late, but then they had some some hiccups there against uh, the Patriots. Russell Wilson got benched. Alleged rumors that uh, he was asked to, to not take um, one of his bonuses or or eliminate it. He chose not to. So, big question whether Russell Wilson will be back the next next year in Denver. Some controversy whether him and Sean Payton get along. So, I guess stay tuned in the offseason for that. Um, the Raiders, Frank, midway through the year, they fired Josh McDaniels. Antonio Pierce becomes their interim coach. Um, pretty much, you know, they stink. So back to the drawing board for the, the Raiders. Is Jimmy Garoppolo the quarterback? Is the ZD guy? Aiden O'Connell took over. Are they going to keep him? Are they going to look somewhere else? A lot of decisions for the Raiders to be have made. Um, the Chargers, Frank, looking more and more like um, or like uh, Staley was gone. That's going to be a vacancy, a head coaching vacancy there. Can someone get the best out of Justin Herbert? Can that team finally come over the top? So yep. there's that. Um, Frank and I's Super Bowl predictions are still very much alive. Frank has the Eagles beating the Bills in the Super Bowl, and I have the Chiefs beating the 49ers. Um, so those are all still very much in play. Although now if you made me re-pick or uh, pick a Super Bowl that I would love to see, Frank, if the Pittsburgh Steelers could not get it done, I would love to see a Lions-Browns Super Bowl. Yeah, just two teams. I said that, too. Two teams that have never appeared in a Super Bowl. Um, both teams back in the 40s and 50s uh, went to some NFL championship games, but neither have ever appeared in a Super Bowl. It would kind of be kind of funny. A little trick right there. And um, I guess really to go from there, Frank, I think maybe we should just kind of kick over to NFL, but kind of um, – tr- um, 
move over to college as well. But let's start with the NFL, though, Frank. Black Monday did consume some teams. And there has been some moveovers in the coaching uh, gig. Arthur Smith lost his job in Atlanta. Ron Rivera uh, left it, lost his job in, in Washington. Um, the Belich- Bill Belichick and the Patriots mutually agreed to part ways. And then very much so, the next couple of days, they hired Jerron Mayo as their head coach. I guess that was in his deal. He was going to be the coach, the coach in waiting. So now Jerron Mayo is the head coach here in New England. And surprise, it's surprising to a bunch of people, Frank, the Titans let go of Mike Vrabel, the former Steeler and Patriots player. Uh, so now he's looking for a head coaching gig. In a perfect world, I thought for sure he'd go to New England, but then I didn't know they had that deal with John Mayo. But I'm that guy, Frank. You said you kind of, uh, kind of uh, not sold on Tomlin anymore. You know, if for some reason Tomlin takes time off, or he would not were not to come back. I, I would love to have Rabel as a head coach, the, the former player. And I just, love, I just love the way he coaches, and I love his intensity. Yeah, not quite Dan Campbell, but sure. what's up? He would be a. I thought he might get the job in New England, and now that he's still out there, if Tom would step aside or the Steelers make a move, he would be one of the top favorites, and I vote for that too. Yeah, I love, I love, Vader. and and of course started his career here with with Cower and yeah, as a, as a player. Yeah, he was a big special teams guy. I remember that early in, in the late nineties. Um, to the end of vacancies, and I'm and I'm, I'm going to look through the teams here. Jags, Colts, Titans, Texans. Um, nothing really crazy yet. Obviously, Peyton's going to keep his gig. Whether Antonio Pierce gets the interim tag removed or they go get another coach. Um, Pete Carroll, Frank, no longer the Seattle Seahawks head coach. As we heard recently, he will stay on as an advisor to the team. Um, so who knows what will happen there. My question was, and I'm kind of, I'm going to say the college, uh, the college movement stuff because I, because it's going to bleed into the other leagues, so. Nick Saban announced he retired as the Alabama head coach. Um, and to kind of recap, I guess we could have did this differently, but um, we can we can address it later. But um, the college football playoffs, um, the four teams that got in were Michigan, Michigan, Alabama, Washington, and Texas. Michigan defeated Alabama. Texas uh, lost to Washington. Um in the national title game, Washington uh, was pretty much donezoed from the start. Although they did kind of come, kind of come back at the end, but it was not enough. Uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines are the national champions. And I kind of have to make this quick because I want all the coaching carousel works there. So Saban retires, Frank, and then and then DeBoer from Washington takes the uh, the Alabama job. So there's that. I thought maybe when Carroll was let go as the Seahawks coach, I thought maybe he would go to like Alabama, like. Go back to coaching in college. You love that, you know, the big man on campus thing at USC. But I think you like the weather, too. I think it's the reason why I like USC. I don't so know. I, I thought his age was still a factor, too, like at 72 or whatever. I don't know if he would jump back. but Yeah. And then for Alabama, I definitely thought – I pretty much thought in my mind that that, that was going to be Dabo's spot in, in waiting. You know, if, if that ever became vacant, Dabo was just going to slide over there. But apparently the fans and people in the – and you know – Inside Alabama weren't completely sold on Dabo coming. I kind of have mention. a rant. I I I have a rant on Kalen DeBoer that has that has been like um, boiling up. To, that I'd like okay. to G- give you a second because I'll, I'll you have okay. that. But and then, but then I know the big thing was that Dabo doesn't Dabo doesn't want to doesn't want to do business with, with NIL and the and the portal. So you know maybe not having Alabama is not necessarily the greatest thing. So maybe that soured a lot of people in hiring Dabo. But 
Uh, DeBoer, yeah, he's the coach there. He kind of goes there. And I'm just, I'm just gonna let I'm, I'm excited to hear what Frank has to say. So I'm gonna tee him up. Well, ever since the, the DeBoer hiring, and and this guy following Washington this year, I didn't even know who their coach was, and I I remember it being Chris Peterson, the ex Boise State coach that you know kind of came to fame with that trick play and the Fiesta Bowl, and you know made Boise State into the kind of the the um the the um group of five power that they are um he took over in washington for a while and i you know didn't even realize i, I do remember hearing he retired and didn't you know kind of lost track of washington and who they brought in but they bring in this kayla DeBoer, a relative unknown and i i looked him up and, you know when i heard he already got the alabama job like 24 hours after saban left i thought to myself alabama rushed this coaching search and i mean you have i know you got to make it quick for recruiting and, and, and portal and all that, but that the program doesn't seem unstable, but they really could have, I think had a longer search and, and got the, the guy that they really want. And I think they might, you know, end up regretting this hire. Kalen DeBoer is 49 years old. And most of all of his success is at the NAIA level, Bronson, not even NCAA division three, not NCAA division two, like slippery rock. He coached at the NAIA level with Sioux Falls College, um, a team that would probably come into Slippery Rock and get beat like, you know, 38 to 10. Uh, NAIA. NAIA uh, and then, he, you know, okay, he was great there. He had a 67-3 and record and won three NAIA championships, um, was runner-up in another one. And made the final four in another one. So great NAIA coach. Okay, I'll give him that. He's a Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He's a South Dakota native. Um, and this, you know, this kind of launches him. Okay, he finally gets a, a power five job. Fresno State out of the Mountain West hires him. Um, and he coaches for two years there. It was three and three in a, in a six-game COVID season. And he goes nine and three the next year. So, okay, nine and three is a pretty good season. You know, we all we, we would all sign up for nine and three in blood as pit fans. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and he wins the, he wins the uh, New Mexico Bowl there uh, in his second year, kind of gets that Fresno State program going again. Um, and at that point, that's enough where Washington, uh, after Chris Peterson uh, retires, uh, says, okay, we're going to pluck you from Fresno State. So it's just, it feels like Todd Graham all over again to me. <laughs> the this, guy's, best, baby. <laughs> this guy's just jumping from job to job saying, this is my dream job. This is my dream job. I'm sure he had a, oh, I'm so excited to be at Fresno State. I'm finally in Division One. Uh, I'm excited to take this program to new heights. <laughs> Two years, Washington Huskies <laughs> come calling, Pac 10, Power Five. You know, to his credit, Picks up where Chris Peterson left off. They go 11 and two, win the Alamo Bowl in his first year. Um, finish second in the Pac 12. Uh, finish it ranked in the top 10. Um, go into 2023 in their final year in the Pac 12. Um, and they go 14 and 0. They go 12 and 0 in the regular season. They win the Pac 12 title game, beating Oregon twice. Uh, they win the college football playoff semifinal against Texas. Um, and they make it to a national title game, kind of rising this guy to, you know, to the national stage. Um, I just think it's too early. I say he didn't, you know, light the world on fire at Fresno State. It's a small sample size in Washington. There's already, you know, claims that he's not a great recruiter. 
you know, his 67 and three record at Sioux Falls College in the NAIA, just throw that out the window. It's not like the coach at Wisconsin Whitewater that's like in it every year. It's not like that coach like jumped to the Division One ranks and is doing great things. Um, so a little bit of his resume is inflated by NAIA wins. So let's pump the brakes on Kalen DeBoer a little bit. Um, is he going to be able to come up to handle the pressure of being the head coach at Alabama? We all remember after Bear Bryant and before Nick Saban, there was a long kind of period where Alabama was irrelevant with guys like um, Mike, was it Mike Shula, Dennis Francione, um, a Mike lot Shula. of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of poor skip Holtz. Yeah. A lot of poor coaches there. Yeah. Um, and Saban was just a God and just a, a recruiting machine. And he didn't even have to recruit players. Just were signing up to play for him. I wonder if they're going to take a big fall off in the recruiting and Georgia's just going to become the, you know, which they were already kind of starting. Georgia's going to become the powerhouse and uh, yeah. LSU, LSU still right there. And I mean, LSU's there and Auburn's not going to be down forever. And boy, I, I don't know. I, I don't root against the guy and I hope he proves me wrong. Um, I mean, obviously I'd like to see Alabama take a backseat for a while after all those wins and they've yeah. kind of become, they're kind of the Dodgers of college football. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't know what everybody sees. Yeah. It's Kalen DeBoer. Like he's not a genius. He's not an offensive genius, not a defensive genius. I mean, NAIA up until like a couple years ago, I mean. So well, maybe he have a chance if he brings Michael Penix with him, but that's not going to happen. No, Penix is <laughs> in, ineligible going to the draft. Things are already decommitting from Alabama already. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, a little bit questioning that, like they just took the kind of the flavor of the week, like the coach that's the hottest. Like, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of people were, were, you know, like you said, like, like I, I, I threw Carroll out there just because I was, I was hilarious, but like. Dabo is always a guy that was considered. I think a lot of people Sarkisian, were. Sarkisian. Sark. Um, who else did someone mentioned? Um, oh. Um, Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Like D'Amico Ryan's even an, an yeah. Alabama alum. Great success in his first year in the NFL. Would he want to take, you know, go backwards? Sometimes college is, is, you know, be more fun than the pros. And you could end up being a god like Saban. But they were saying his name. Um, and Norvell from Florida State. Yeah. Um, so but no, well, they I, remember, I remember the first thing was was Oregon's coach immediately saying no, I'm not going. Like that was he like, has SEC and Alabama ties. He was like a grad assistant. Yeah. But uh he 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 took his name out. So they just said, We gotta make a quick decision. And then with Caitlin DeBoer, I'm kinda shocked. No, no I'm and I'm thinking, I'm glad Frank gave that to us. I was <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't know a whole lot about Caitlin DeBoer, to be honest. Uh so I as I, I I was watching that game because I, I uh other than Penn, I really I'm not a die. I mean, diehard college football fan. I casually watch. I watch the big games, and I saw him, and I'm like, "Is he related to Pete DeBoer? You know, the NHL coach?" I guess. Right. I to, so I thought something like that, but but no. I mean, so the kind of reason why I gave that to is because of how it goes into the, the pros. Like I said about, you know, I thought maybe Carroll would be considered, maybe would consider going back to college somewhere. He loved that, you know, but. You know, uh, you think about too another name, Frankie, but maybe some of the pro jobs that are opening up. A lot of people feel with Caleb Williams going to the draft to possibly, or if he goes to the draft, it's likely he probably will. That maybe a guy, you know, like you know, Lincoln Riley would be interested in going to the NFL. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's like those those names pop up now too. Ron Rivera, you know, Ron Rivera leaving the, the Commanders. Um, where does that leave them? A lot of people think now with the, the Commanders having a vacancy, would Mike Tomlin go there if he doesn't come back to the Steelers? You know, mm-hmm. you know that from that area. You know, and then, you know who knows what happened there. So, the the coaching carousel, I'm sure, is going to get even crazier. You know, after we record, then you know, you know, stay tuned to it. But um, I'm curious to see where Frable goes. You know, who, who takes the the Charger job? Um, obviously, some of the guys that are in the playoffs that will probably interview for head coaching positions, uh, you know, the assistants or whatnot. So it's gonna be gonna be interesting. And again, for like I told you earlier, you know, if the Eagles get upset by Tampa does that mean Sirianni's done do they just you know that that owner you know they pulled the trigger on Doug Peterson after two years after a Super Bowl they don't you know don't think they wouldn't do the same to Sirianni so I guess uh stay tuned for that and um going back to my show notes where we want to go next uh I think we've got everything else oh the, the Bell. I mean, we already talked to Belichick thing they mutually agreed the part was Bill Belichick's a free agent so mm. a lot of rumors would he go to the Falcons that's all I keep hearing the Falcons is where he would go if I had to guess, it would be Chargers. He's yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Quarterback, yeah, where he has a quarterback. Yeah, so that's so that's kind of where we're at there. And um, I guess um, while we're there, I mean, we got, we we should probably. I'm not going to do the pit season thing, you know, the season recap. Just as not, it was not a good year for pit football. Signetti was the fall guy actually, and then he ends up being the fall guy there. Um. The question mark now is, will they commit to Nate Yard now next year? Or uh, what's his name from the Alabama transfer just came over, Eli? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just he he, he uh, just committed last week. So, well, will they meet up a competition for the number one? I would assume there will be. Um, but a lot of people feel, and maybe me included, maybe Nate Yard now should be given a chance to to get and this. And Bayer is still going to be there. Bayer is still there. I keep forgetting he's still yeah. there, yeah. It's gonna be interesting, man. Um, I don't know where where Pitt goes from here. Definitely a very disappointing season. Uh, not saying that you know that you know maybe nine or ten wins, but at least uh, d- d- definitely not how they fell off at the end there. Thought they'd at least be playing in some sort of bowl game, and that was not to be. Frank, uh, very disappointing year for the Pitt Panthers, and kind of where they go from there. You know, I'm vocally not a Narduzzi guy. Kind of think he's a jack wagon, but. Yeah, I'm kind of. It is what it is. He's there for a long time, huh? <laughs> kind of heading that direction too. He's a, he, he's throwing his players under the bus, um, and he's he seems to be like a snake oil salesman a yeah. little bit. Flat out, flat out admitting that like, well, well, Notre Dame had better players than us. Like, really, kind of, yeah, don't like that unaccountability for stuff. So, yeah. kind of where that's at. I don't know if you had anything to add down there before we moved on to the Penguins. Nope, that you handled it well. We don't have to waste a lot of time on that garbage. So week. yeah. So last time we we got got a hold of you right before Thanksgiving, the Penguins kind of still were playing. They kind of they're kind of there. They're kind of dealing with some injuries. I think Nadelkovich was still out then, but um, I think the only thing constant from there and now, Frank, uh, they have won some games. I'm gonna kind of let you kind of handle this, um, a little bit too, but um. The power play is just still atrocious. It, yeah. I just it is it's it's astounding. Why with all the the, the personnel on there, and uh, yeah, I thought Eric Carlson was gonna really be a difference maker. I thought maybe he would have enough clout with the team to kind of not necessarily overview because I honestly don't think their problems are coaching or or Reardon or Sullivan. It's too, 
it's them. It's it's the personnel on the ice. And I thought maybe, like I said, I thought maybe Carlson would have enough clout to go, this is how we should do it. He's a power play specialist. Like, this is how we should do it. This is how we should set up. But they just all kind of seem content to kind of defer to each other, including, like, I, I liked Carlson here because I didn't want him to defer. I was like, dude, he's going to shoot the puck. He's going to put it on the net. Finally, a guy, a trigger guy. We got a guy. And now he's just deferring to guys, Frank. I just, I just, I mean, they are, they have been winning games lately. Um, Nedeljkovic has been on hell of a run. You guys know how much I love him. And I've been making it very vocally apparent. And Tristan Jari hasn't been too bad, but definitely it seems like Nedeljkovic has been the better goalie. And like kind of what Mark Madden said, he kind of likes the, the less is more. They're each kind of getting games. So you don't run one or the other kind of, you know, run them dry. So, you know, with each one, maybe less is more to an extent. Um, Ryan Graves has not had the year that I think a lot of fans had expected, and especially the money that he was paid to come in here was supposed to be the partner to Latang, but just really don't know what it is, Frank. I know they they did have some stats. I don't know if it was Madden or uh, one of the NHL guys that said his first year as a new team it generally doesn't go well when he was with Colorado and New Jersey, uh, and usually he kind of picks up eventually. But it's been shown that I guess. His first year with teams don't go doesn't go well, but they need him big, Frank, and and they have to the Marcus Pedersen and um, Ruiedel's had to fill in. I know there's been a lot of injuries too. Ludwig has been in and out. Uh, Ryan Sh- or Shea's down, isn't he? Or is he hurt? Is he down? Well, I, think he's, 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 I think he's just sent down. Yeah, yeah, he just sent down. So it's been kind of it's kind of been kind of a swap walk back and forth. Drew O'Connor kind of November into December had kind of kind of been in a little bit of a drop, but lately he's he's been picking it up. Um, kind of kind of going to you, Frank. I guess kind of why I, my my mind is not clear in the Penguins, Frank, is because they have been winning a lot of hockey lately, but that end of November into early December kind of killed them and put them deep in the you know not getting points when they should have. The collapses to Anaheim, I mean, the, the infamous collapse to Anaheim. There's been other games like it. And I guess kind of the cloud that's hanging over all of our heads, and maybe you can even draw in on this as well, is kind of the future of Jake Gensel. Um, last year was contract. And I think you kind of have to know where the team's going to be around the trade deadline of Kyle Dubas is to do something with him. I don't think you can play that. The, I know Sid's going to want them to, but you can't play off the rest of the year with him here and have him completely walk away and get nothing in return. Um, kind of where they are in the playoff race. Um they're obviously crawling back, you know, big win, big win in Philly, um, some big, you know, metropolitan, you know, losing the Capitals wasn't good, obviously, but, you know, beating Philly and getting some wins here recently is, uh, is a, is a big deal as well. But the Gensel thing is kind of really, I can't really talk about anything, Frank, until I know what's going on with this Gensel deal. Is, is he going to be extended? Is he, if he's not going to be extended and he, he has to be traded, you have to get assets back for him. It's kind of that in the power play. It's just kind of been on me. I think the goaltending's fine as it is. I think both guys could Jari could play a little bit better, but Nedeljkovic obviously against Vancouver didn't have a, his greatest game. But Vancouver's very good, and even them getting a point out of that, I thought was 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 a good positive look. But I've jumped all around, Frank. I've kind of didn't give you a recap of the pens. I kind of gave you like you know my my emotional. In my emotional mind frame of the Penguins right now, and whatever you could contribute, obviously, but uh, just the power play and kind of where things go with Jake Gensel. Uh, you, I mean, I'm right there with you with kind of my frustrations with them this year, you know, we'll, and, and we'll be texting this during games. It's like, 
they can't seem to get on a run. Um, you know, they have been better lately. You know, they had a four game losing streak there early part of December. And since then they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, five, nine, three, and two, something like that. So it's a decent run. And if they stay on that trend, they'll they'll probably make the playoffs. But you know, they 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 had a great stretch there where they won on the island seven nothing. And that was like <laughs> yeah. peng- that was like penguin hockey. The Islanders are, you know, ahead of them in the standings. We're on the road and we are firing on all cylinders. Then they, you know, they couple that with beating St. Louis. And then they beat the Islanders again at home. So four big points there in the in the division. And then they come home and they just have that clunker against the Capitals. Like you gotta just keep the you have to keep it rolling. And you start out losing like down four nothing to them, and they Buffalo almost too. Came, they almost came back. And then Buffalo at home, they kind of got goalied in that game. You know, Madden was saying that too. Like, yeah, they um, UPL was really good. Ukapeka Lukanen, but uh, and then you know, okay, good showing in Philly, win that one. Vancouver, you get that loser point. You know, thirty seconds left, you're happy with the point. Now they're twenty fifteen and five, which you know it looks pretty decent, but it's really twenty and twenty. You know, five overtime losses. They shouldn't be a 500 team. You know, this is this team has too much talent to be 500. And they did so much changing to the bottom six, which we all called for. And there's guys that I like on the bottom six, but are they good enough? Noah Chari, um, Carter's, you know, some games has showed something, um, you know, and it's been a revolving door of the Henestrosa and Nieto and yeah. different guys. Now I have liked O'Connor, like you said, his speed and his you know skill is starting to show as he's playing on the top six. Um, Riley Smith has been very disappointing after that kind of. Now hot he's start. hurt. Now he's hurt. Raquel very, Raquel very disappointing. He's trending yeah. up. Very disappointing. Those guys both making five million. I mean, you, you got to get more out of them. Um, and Gino's even, you know, kind of yeah. gone downhill with what same with Smith on that line. Uh, Sid has been great. Gensel's been great. Ross being hurt is a big, you know, that's, that's kind of a big deal. The power play is so frustrating. Like you said, with that talent, they shouldn't be 26th in the league. And Madden outlined it great the other day with uh, the old two niner on, on the radio. Um, and I've been saying this as well. You got to. And, and anybody who plays NHL on EA Sports, NHL 22, 23, whatever you have, you have to have one-timers in the slot. And Sullivan, for whatever reason, needs to... I, I don't know if he has young sons that have video games, but put a right-handed shot on the left wing and a left-handed shot on the right wing and just feed one-timers in the slot. He wants to keep, uh, you know, guys on their offsides and like I, it just Carlson is as a right-handed shot. He should be playing the left wing. He should be playing offense. He should be a left winger on the power play. The the point men should be right-handed shooting Latang on the left point and left-handed shooting Malkin on the right point. Sticks are in the middle of the ice. One-timers are available. Crosby, a left-handed shot should be on the right bumper with his stick in the middle of the ice. And Gensel's your 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 guy left. He's too small to play in front of the net, so it should be Jeff Carter. It should be a big body. Put a big body in front of the net. Zahorna, like you have four other Hall of Famers on the ice. It's okay that Zahorna's out there. It's okay that Jeff Carter's out there. The other four guys are Hall of Famers, and then your second unit has Gensel, Rust, 
uh, still Raquel, a lot of talent on your second unit. Um, why they're not at least trying to mix it up, I don't know. It's like that stupid insanity is is trying it over and over again with the same <laughs> result. And then, like, you watch every power play. It's it's no shooting. It's no shooting. And, yes, Joe Schmo from Section 110 can yell, shoot, shoot. But it's the truth. Like, yeah. And 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 I'm I'm quoting Phil Bork. He's he's who said that on on the Madden show. He's like Joe Schmo and, and Section Two Ten. It can be cliche, but it's true. Shoot the puck. Hope for hope for dirty goals and rebounds. They get better screens. Um, get guys in front. Like just like we said with Matt Canada and the Steelers. Like fans can figure this out. Like try something different on the power play than just Malkin standing there with the puck, forcing passes that hit a shin pad and bounce out to center ice. I get so frustrated. Him and Carlson on the points, trying to make a pass. There, it, it hits the defender's shin pad, and it, and it's cleared. Or worst case scenario, like in Anaheim against Anaheim, east to west pass intercepted, breakaway the other way, goal. And I think the Penguins, Bronson, have lost. And sorry, this is getting into a rant. I no, think please Penguins, keep going. I think the Penguins have lost three or four games this year because they had leads, like a two-to-one lead, and they get a second-period power play up a goal, and they get stupid and they give up a shorty. Like, worst-case scenario is just kill two minutes a clock. Don't give the team the other goal, the other team a goal with your stupid east-west passing. Like, I thought there was several games with Reardon's in charge of the power play. They need to fire him midseason. Like I'm sorry, there needs to be somebody needs to go. Um, it has they have to change personnel, change philosophy. Because special teams is big. It's such a parody league right now. There's there's a lot of good teams, and you have to win special. You have to score on the power play. If you're built, if you're top heavy with stars like that, you have to dominate on the power play. And it's just it's atrocious. They would be they're lucky to be where they are, only like a couple points out of it, but. I mean, we're spoiled as Penguin fans where we always think that they should be like one of the best teams in the league. And right now they're middle of the pack and fighting for their playoff lines. You don't go out in the summer and trade for an Eric Carlson and and have all this talent. Yes, aging talent, but still guys at the top of their game. Sid's only getting better with age. I mean, oh, my goodness. Right. (laughs) Come on. They they need to right the ship here. And now, of course, tonight, as we record on January 13th, they're going into Raleigh and they never do well there. So, like, you know, look out. And then they have games coming up against Vegas. Like, the schedule doesn't get easier. Yeah, you hope to win against Seattle at home. You hope to maybe win in Arizona. Um, And then you have a a pretty decent home stretch against Florida, Montreal, Winnipeg. You got to start, like, you got to start winning five out of six, nine out of ten here because other teams are doing it. Um, you got to get the points, you know, when you can, I like, you know, February, the Yager game is going to be fun, um, with, with walking hang back. That's a nice home stand where they need to make hay. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for them to stay hot, like get hot Bronson. Like they might win three in a row and then they fall off. They might win, you know, four in a row and then they lose two at home to like bad teams. Like it's just inconsistent. And uh, I'm I'm close to wavering to be like, let's move on from Sullivan here, like I am with Tomlin. And, you know, but, uh, you know, obviously he'll get this full year. I think they're not going to do anything this year, but um, it, it is frustrating. Should be better than a 500 team. Bronson's clapping at most of the Capitals. No, I'm clapping because you're giving this, you're preaching the oh, sermon, brother. You like my you really are, I thought, like, 
the power yeah. play is just so annoying because like it's so bad and it's like it's like in their locker room they think that we're just talking like out of our ass yeah like they think it's just such a, like well why is it you really think it's that easy yes because you're, you're being completely stupid yeah like they think what they're doing is going to work and like you said, like you using the the NHL EA Sports equivalent is kind of where you're at. Like, have your sticks on the inside. If you're a left-handed shot, you're on. If you're a left-handed shot, you're on the right side. If you're a right-handed shot, you're on the left side. Keep the sticks in the middle. Have have shots on you know in the slot, and that's perfect. And and before you jumped into the power play rant, we were, we were kind of evaluating some players. The the one relevation for the Penguins has been. Although, you know, not huge, but I mean, he's definitely helped the Penguins, especially starting that winning streak. Um, Valtteri Pustin, and I like, I like his game a lot. Yeah, I forgot to mention him. He's he's filled in the top six pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Shuddy would kill us if we didn't mention that. That's Shuddy's guy. So, Valtteri Pustin. But yeah, the, but this 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 set this series this whole month, Frank, January to February, is gonna be is gonna be it for the Penguins. They got to know where they're at, and Dubas has got to make that call of like. If this isn't a team that can seriously contend, and the Capitals just scored right there, because mm. that soft little tap in it was thrown to the net and it stick. They may, I don't know if they look at this for a high stick over the cross. I think it's below it though. It was, uh, it was because that's off set up. I'm trying to see who the person was. Oh, Dowd, Dowd set it up by Makuzi, but um, they're gonna know where they're at and watch the replay right now because that's off behind the net, flips it in front. Yep, tap in by Dowd. Capitals ahead of the Penguins. We'd love to see them lose, darn it. Yeah. But um that's that's the tie. That's you know, oh wow. Yeah, that was definitely down. Wow, what a what a, what a great hand eye coordination there. But um but yeah, Frank, I mean just this the Gensel thing is the cloud that hangs over their heads because you can't let this guy walk away. And and and, and Kevin Brew and I talk all the time, it's like about like what Sid wants, and I'm sorry. But but he can't have any input now in this stuff anymore with the like the, you have to like like Madden was saying that Rop, like Mike Rupp of all people was like under this belief that they should just keep giving assets away and away and away until until the the the, the trio is done like Matt, Mark Madden called it the Viking funeral just like just depleting the team till there's absolutely nothing and they're done I'm not about that Dubis obviously was handled came in here to manage now but his where he's gonna make his money Frank is setting the penguins up for the rebuild. That's where that's where he's going to come he's going to make his money. And and trading a guy like Jake if they have to, you can get a, a lot of that you can get some very good assets back. Especially a team that's going to make a cup run that may want him, you know, you know, but but and I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent there just I just can't really kind of see where they go until we know what's going to happen of the Gensel situation, but that's kind of how I have the, and obviously and kind of turn around to the NHL. Like you mentioned earlier, the only big news I think was, you know, Connor Bedard is going to be out six to eight weeks of the broken jaw. So that kind of might open the rookie scoring race up a little bit, unless Bedard really goes on a tear when he returns. Um, uh, just kind of like you said, the Metro, like the Capitals and the Flyers all kind of up there at the, at some point. Just kind of the Islanders teams that you think are probably going to drop out. You know they're they're kind of just riding a wave, and they'll probably kind of flame out here as as the months come on. But, but yeah, just uh, kind of where I'm at. I'm just kind of just kind of my my everything's kind of cloudy with me on the Penguins right now until they kind of figure that out. And, and as the goalie rotation, keep doing it the way he's been playing it. I like them. I like them both playing games, especially you know how it's been going. So. 
Don't know where that's at, Frank. I don't know if you have any more, anything more you want to comment on the NHL or, or where the Penguins are at right now. No, just said I hope they they figure it out and they start to go on a uh, on a stretch because I you know especially after football, oh she just scored now three two caps. Uh, yeah, if we if if football ends and the Steelers get knocked out, it's like heavy on the pens, and that's like kind of all we have left. I mean, now we'll as 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 football fans, Bronson and I will still watch the the playoffs and and onto the Super Bowl, but it's going to be like we're and you know pit basketball is going on like you mentioned in the opener, but they're kind of wishy-washy this year not having a great conference season um it's going to be all pens and like i look forward to those you know weeknights where i can throw the pens on and lately it's just been a lot of frustration and and not you know a lot of enjoyment watching them so i hope they get hot and uh and, and get into the playoffs like right now they're like i think they're second to last in the metro and they're there's like four teams ahead of them to get a wild card like it shouldn't be that way so they got to catch fire um but that, yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated. Hopefully and you, next and you know what? I'm watching I'm watching this Washington New York game, right? You're like what, you know, like Ovechkin's been a little, you know, he had a goal, a couple goals here recently, but he he was on that long drought of not getting goals, and obviously the chase to break Gretzky's record. But they like Ovechkin's not scoring, but how are they winning games? I'm yeah. telling you how they're winning games, Frank. Dylan Strom, he's setting everyone up. He, he goals himself, you know, the former, and I, I know I'm shilling for a former Otter here, but. <laughs> I mean, just seeing his skating, like I said, his, his knock was always a skating. It's not the greatest, but he's always in the right place, it seems like. He set Oshie up on that great goal, and obviously the power play, he would set Ovi up. It's like the, the, that contract, I thought, was maybe too much for a guy like him, but he's paying dividends for the Capitals, and he's certainly playing his role of being a pain in the ass of the Penguins. But that's just kind of that's kind of my last uh, little, little uh, diatribe about that. I don't know, Frank. Kind of time. Maybe we should probably add, add a little, uh, little tidbits here at the end and kind of wrap this up until next time. But um, you, your little thing. I'm, I'm kind of making this kind of your deal. Um, I guess tee you up on what. I'm sure you want to talk a little bit about baseball. We talked a little bit on the on the pre-show meeting, and I'll probably toss in some racing and wrestling tidbits and kind of get about our, our Saturday, huh? I don't know if, and, and correct me if I missed this, but did we kind of go over the other uh, five playoff matchups other than Steelers Bills? Oh, uh, no, we didn't. I, yeah, I, I didn't know if we wanted, because, you know, because I don't know when we'd come back if we want to do it by week, because we, then we'd be, I don't know if, we'll, or if we'd be able to come back week by week, but we can go over them slightly if you yeah, want. Yeah, just quickly. I'll, sure, yeah, I'll, sure. just, I'll just run through it quickly. We um, Wild card weekend, of course, includes the Steelers and Bills. Um, which we mentioned moved from Sunday to Monday with the, the you know the nine inches of snow or whatever and the wind they're expecting in in Buffalo, um, but no the uh, the the that's the two seven matchup the three six matchup is Kansas City Miami like we said on Peacock um, that was thought to be an AFC Championship possibility and now they have to meet in the first round one of those two teams is going to be out um, and then in a in about an hour the uh, it gets off Houston and Cleveland that'll be the first. Uh, playoff game. That's one that could go either way. You know, says Houston having a great year with rookie quarterback CJ Stroud and rookie coach D'Amico Ryan's, but Joe Flacco off his couch has the has the Browns rolling with that defense. They're favored. Um, and on the other side, we have the um, I think the the first game tomorrow is Dallas Green Bay. Yeah, um, a cl- classic matchup. Cowboys should win that. If they don't, a lot of question marks there. Is they, you know, would they choke again? And then the the great matchup between D- Detroit and the Rams with the ex quarterbacks going against each other for new teams. 
Um, and then Tampa, the somebody's got to win South champion hosting a faltering Eagles team. This is a chance. Hopefully the Eagles, a get right game. We always talk about those yeah. get right game. Um, if the Eagles get right and can win on the road in Tampa, they're likely to probably go to San Fran, a tough task there. And, you know, the, the bye week, this, the, the, the vaunted 49ers waiting for the lowest remaining seed. You'd have to think that maybe the lions and Cowboys will win, meaning Philly would go to San Fran, but um, it's going to be a, an interesting divisional round. Whoever wins. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to just watch these games this weekend, Bronson. I know it's going to be a lot of fun football. It's kind of a bummer. Like you said, you have to work for the Steeler game. I'll be just getting off of work, so I'll probably miss the first quarter. Um, you know, Driving home in rush hour traffic, I'll probably have it on the radio and get home around the, the start of the second quarter or whatever. But uh, kind of a weird start time to move it to Monday at 4.30. But because the, the Eagles and Bucks are the Monday night game, they had to they had to put it at Monday at 4.30. Um, yeah, but yeah the, the NFL is it's the best time of year with that. You know, this the, right. the for not to cut you off, Frank. I thought you, you might appreciate this. Uh, that came back from the broadcast. Francis Tyfo, I guess, did his skate with the Capitals. You would appreciate that. Tennis, oh, guy. The, uh, the tennis player. That's fun. Yeah, he's doing some of the Capitals. I thought that'd be kind of cool. That's 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 down there. Frank Conti's uh, down his aisle there. So, Obi's taking hey, some tennis. Good segue, play. Bronson. A good segue to my grab bag. And this can be our, our final segment where Bronson and I are just going to like talk about a few other things that we left out. Oh, um, by the way, before you get into the grab bag, real quick, yeah. I just want to mention one thing about the, the matchups. The, the Dallas deal, if mm-hmm. they do lose, this is, I heard this on sports radio when I was coming home from getting some uh getting a dinner and some drinks yesterday <laughs> if the dallas cowboys lose does jerry jones fire mike mccarthy and bring in dum 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 bill belichick yeah that would be a funny uh, belichick in dallas that'd be crazy yeah that that would be i i and, and you know with with a, a roster you know bet to win that would be a, a spot i would think belichick would would maybe go but I don't think he would want to deal with Jerry Jones. I think he yeah. would rather go to like an LA Chargers. Well, someone said that too, like with Parcells. Like if Jerry Jones gave him the money, would he deal? Like, like they said, that was always when Bill Parcells came in. They didn't. He didn't want to deal with Jerry Jones, but he, they, Jerry Jones paid yeah. him the Brinks truck to come in. Belichick's made enough money. I think he just yeah. wants to go somewhere with a good situation where he can be coaching GM, and he yeah. can um, call all the shots and maybe have a young quarterback like like Herbert. And, and see yeah. what he can do. Um, and and he wants to win a Super Bowl before he hangs it up and say that I, I did it without Brady. And he wants to pass Shula's record. He's 15 wins shy of that. So he's got to coach two to three more seasons to get that. Yeah. That's all I um, want to say. <laughs> that would be a, that, that's going to be a hot rumor The uh, if Dallas uh, opens up. Um, but no, my grab bag, I'll start, Bronson. Just a little ending segment here to, to, to throw in a few little things. Um, you know, I love to talk baseball, and it's the off season for baseball. So the only thing going on is the hot stove season, and it's kind of been a cool stove, um, other than a few big splashes. Um, they had the winter meetings in uh, Nashville this year, and usually that's when like a bunch of trades happen, a bunch of signings happen. It was kind of a quiet, um, other than the big fish in the sea, and I'll get to that in a second. But there have not been a lot of major trades or signings. There's still a lot of free agents out there with a month to go until pitchers and catchers report. But uh, Bronson mentioned this off air. The big signing was uh, Shohei Otani hitting the market. You know, the the Angels uh, two-wave superstar um, already announced that he had elbow surgery and he will not pitch this year. So he's kind of he's just a human uh, batter this year, not a not a pitcher and and hitter. 
Um, but he leaves the Los Angeles Angels to go to the Crosstown Dodgers. And, you know, they're the team, they're the new evil empire that can spend billions of dollars. And that was my, like, my thought is it would be Dodgers all along. The Blue Jays kind of appeared as a dark horse because they're Canada's team, you know, and they have a big following up there and they're throwing some money at things and they're trying to get a new stadium. And Osani, I think, could could have been big up there. And that was kind of like a, a head scratcher, like, oh, the, the Blue Jays, you thought maybe the Mets, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Red Sox, you know, the normal players with all the money that they the spend. But it does end up being the Dodgers. And now you look at a team with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, um, Will Smith, the young catcher. They still have Kershaw. They they have Walker Bueller coming back. They you know they're, they're just loaded and they add Notani. Um, the funny thing about his deal was ten years, seven hundred million. It just seems like out outrageous. You know, Mike Trout got like twelve years, three fifty, and it was like, oh my god, that's so much. This is like double that. Um, Bryce Harper got around that, and it's like crazy. But you know, I mean, he's worth it if he pitches and hits. He's his, if you look at his stats, he's kind of a $30 million pitcher, a $30 million hitter. So he's going to make $70 million a season, but he's deferring $68 million of it. So he's going to make $2 million. Uh, Shohei Otani is going to be like one of the league's lowest paid players. And he agreed to have the Dodgers pay $680 million after he retires. So that lets them save money under the luxury tax, save money to put towards other players because he really wants to win. It's kind of like Brady did with the Patriots, taking way less than he could all those years so that they could pad the roster with with other guys. And that's crazy that the number is that high, but the reason he did it is endorsements. Otani makes $50 million a year in endorsements. So he was able to defer that salary for that reason, but I won't spend that much more time on it, Bronson. I don't know if you had a comment on Shohei before I move on, but yeah, I I just kind of agree with you. I think I mean obviously you said the Blue Jays came on the last second, and obviously I think also too because I think I think I was reading on TSN there, there's some distribution deal deal with them too, so that factored in in it a little bit too. Maybe going after Otani, but yeah, I figured like you did. I figured it'd be hard to, to find hard pressed to find a team that would and then then the the Dodgers you know they accelerated the negotiation by upping it to extra hundred million, so. A lot of people felt that they kind of negotiated against themselves too, because a lot of people felt they were already the favorites to kind of negotiate against themselves. So, but no, no, I, I um, just that, and then and then Yamamoto was the next domino to fall, and I thought maybe yeah. he would go somewhere else, and I'll let you kind of grab that. But I was just like, and now 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 it feels like the Dodgers are just loaded. Like they were already loaded, but it's like it's overkill now. Well, Yamamoto, I figured, yeah, they were out of the running because even the rich Dodgers with seemingly empty, uh, endless purse strings, um, unlimited funds, you know, you figure you spent $700 million on Otani, you're not going to be able you know, Yamamoto was rumored to be asking for $300 million, um, and you figured the Dodgers wouldn't spend a billion dollars on two players. So you, you were thinking the Mets, you were thinking the Yankees, maybe the Cubs as a dark horse, um, and then they surprise us all by you hit you get the breaking news, you know, one night from like John Paul Morosi or um you know what a, I forget what baseball guy broke it. Um Peter Gammon. Like they have all those I guys know the only guys I know like I know like John Heyman's one. I know Heyman, like, yeah. I forget yeah. who broke it. Uh Vaskersion, you know, I always try to watch like the Twitter feeds and I like MLB trade rumors is a good site that like always post it like they're the first to it. But um you hear Yamamoto Yam- Yamamoto to Dodgers, and I'm like, seriously, they're still gonna spend on him. And I think that's the signing that really set Mike off. 
It's like yeah, it he he was mad about Otani, but like when they got Yamamoto too, he was texting us like this is ridiculous. Like the rich get richer, and one of the factors was he's Japanese and he's you know friends with Otani and they played together in the World Baseball Classic and he wanted to. Yeah, I'm sure it's kind of hard to come over to the to a new country and not know anybody. So he's probably he has an instant roommate now. Like they'll be roommates on the road and they'll speak the same language and they'll probably have Otani's interpreter work with him too. And it's just a all of that all of those factors make it easy. Now Kodai Senga is a pitcher for the Mets, and they were thinking he was going to recruit him to the Mets. It's kind of same situation. He would have a, a countryman to kind of help him learn the ropes, but. Chooses the Dodgers, another mega deal, 12 years, 325. Um, none of it deferred, so he's not doing the deferred thing. But, of course, Otani deferring is able they're able abled them to, to to get Yamamoto. So they're just going in all the chips to the middle of the table, trying to bring another world championship to the Dodgers. You, you remember they won the COVID World Series, um, so they do have uh, one title in this uh, little stretch. Um, a lot of people think they should have multiple titles, so they're really going chips to the center. But uh, Pirates, too, um, you know, you always want to touch on them locally. They have not done much this offseason, kind of disappointing. Um, I was talking to my dad. He he likes some of their signings, like the Martin Perez, veteran lefty, one year, eight million. He, you know, he double digit wins last year. He's been a good pitcher for the for the Rangers, for the Red Sox. Um and the, another lefty they brought in, um, his name's escaping me. Uh, Martin Perez was one. Um, oh, and Marco Gonzalez, um, another guy that's, you know, had success with the, the Mariners. I've, I've always felt they never had enough lefties in their rotation because um, you, uh, you want the opposing lineups to be right-handed heavy with that short porch in, in right field. So uh, I'm glad they're yeah. bringing in some lefties to, to give with Mitch Keller. Obviously, we touched. I think we already touched upon the Andy Rodriguez and uh, Johan Oviedo yeah. out for the year news last show, and that kind of put a damper on the offseason. But they, Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez, Rowdy Telez, a, a first baseman that's pretty much like Vogel back 2.0. He's going to be a big. He's a big guy. He's going to be a lovable character, um, and, and we'll see how if he can recapture his 2021 form where he hit 35 homers last year. He fell off. Um, there's still rumored to be in on Carlos Santana. A reunion there would be fun. I'd like to see him back because he was a great locker room guy. They did bring McCutcheon back on another one year deal. Yeah. Um, what's he? What? Well, he, he's what? What's? What, I forget what he's close to hitting. Three hundred homers. He needs yeah, they want him to do that yeah. here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Three hundred homers. Yeah. So McCutcheon will be back. Um, you have to think like Sawinski takes a step up next year. Um, Key Brian Hayes. The bat got hot late in the year. Can he continue O'Neal it? O'Neill Cruz right? being back. O'Neill Cruz will be back. You have to think that the Pirates will be in the running. They'll be six or seven games better, which is kind of where the Diamondbacks were last year. And look at them. They went all the way to the World Series. So if the Pirates can, like, sniff a wild card, you never know what could happen. Um, I think their bullpen should be a strength with, like, Dowry Moretta really showed something last year. So did Carmen Majinski. Um, and you know, obviously Bednar is a pretty good closer. I'd like to see them get one more like shutdown bullpen arm. Holderman was good when he was on, but he was hurt a lot and he was kind of all or nothing, but you kind of remember, but I was watching the wild card game again for like, it was on Sportsnet Pittsburgh and it was like, dang, they had Watson, Melanson, Grilly. Like it was like, you get a lead into the seventh inning and it was lights out. And like, I'd love to get that back with like. Moretta, Majinski, Holderman, and Bednar. Like, 
that when you have a lead and you need to turn it over to them four in the sixth, seventh, eighth, the ninth, like you have to hope that you can win a lot of games. And offensively, if if Cruz can do the thirty homer thing like he should and steal like forty bags and and then the the veteran leadership, I'd love to see them bring Santana back just to like platoon at DH and first with Telez and and Connor Joe and like yeah he's not going to play every game but yeah, he's going to be a locker room presence and then I heard them kicking the tires on James Paxson, kind of a veteran left hand another left handed pitcher um, so we'll see there. Ben Charrington actually said at Pyrefest, we're far from done. Like we're 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 talking to free agents. We're trying to supplement this roster. We're 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 not done. Um they, they got some non-roster invitees to spring training that I like. Billy McKinney's a guy that's had some MLB service time. Jake Lamb, um, maybe one of them guys that kind of emerge as like this year's Connor Joe. Um, what do you think about my, my boy, G Man Choi? That's my guy. G-Man Choi, unlikely a reunion there. Um, he is not signed anywhere yet that I know of, but I don't think they'll bring him back. I think they, they're looking more. I mean, Rowdy Telez is a left-handed first baseman already. Now, G-Man Choi is a switch hitter. So if they yeah. did bring him back, he could play some. He could put. And not here, here, but I'm just saying probably catch on. Oh, not else. here. Yeah. I like so, him. <laughs> I don't know where G-Man Choi might, might actually return overseas and play in Japan or Korea. A lot of guys are heading over there, but um I'm 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 always the eternal optimist. I mean, every year spring training is is us pirate fans. Me and Barnes, he say this is the year, and everybody's you know zero and zero, and hope springs eternal, and we're always going to be excited. And last year the pirates had us all crazy until like June first. They were like twenty one and eight, and they had a great April, and like went into May where they were like in first place, and. Even into June, they were still in it, and then they kind of had that tailspin, which which happened in 2012. So if history kind of repeats itself, this team could turn into the 2013 Pirates that finally figured it out. So we'll see. Um, everybody's got to stay healthy. I, I'm obviously happy Cruz will be back. So I think he's going to be a key a key factor. So that's the Pirates. Um, Bronson, other than that, I said Pitts basketball is kind of a whatever this year. Yeah. I've I haven't followed much tennis. You mentioned Tiafo and the Australian Open is getting underway. Um, January is like the start of the new tennis calendar year in the first majors in Australia. So I'll try to catch some of that. Usually some late night matches because of the time difference. So I'll, I'll see if I can catch some Australian Open and golf is is coming back too. They've had the first couple tournaments, and yeah. of course another year of live versus PGA. Um, uh, we, is it still seen, that way? Yeah, we've seen some more defections. I think I, I I can't remember. I think John Rahm is the latest to go. Um, I, I could be wrong. Um, we'll have to have our research staff uh, check that. But uh, like we have a research staff. <laughs> Live golf, I don't think like is still catching on. I think it's um you know they don't have a TV home yet, I and mean, it's hard to find on streaming. But yeah, they still have the money to play some of these players. So I'm still a PGA fan. I'm going to watch all the majors this year and for guys like Rory and Scotty Scheffler and all that. So we'll see. So yeah, tennis getting going, golf getting going, pirates about a month away. Um, I'm excited for all that, but like, yeah, right now it's football playoffs in the pens and yeah, I'm excited for all that, but a lot of, a lot of stuff on the horizon, Bronson, I'll uh, turn it over to you for anything you want to hit upon there. Or if you want to start your grab bag, I know you're a big racing wrestling, a lot of that catches up on all, all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's about. I'm trying to think of anything else to comment. What you have to say, you know, you pretty much nailed it. Uh, just a couple things. Um, we'll get into racing first. 
Um, tonight is the one of the big Super Bowl events of dirt racing. Uh, it's the Chili Bowl. It's the Dirt Midgets down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. At the Expo, whatever I forget they call it, Expo Center down there. It's not the, obviously not the one in Monroeville, but the one down there. Um, tonight's the finals. Um, the casual fan is probably not going to know anyone down there except a couple of the NASCAR Cup guys raced it during this week. Uh, Chase Briscoe, Alex Bowman. Um, I think Kyle Busch even did a little bit of stuff down there with the dirt uh, midgets down there. But Kyle Larson's a star. You know, he's the, the modern-day Tony Stewart, Mario Andretti, A.J. Foyt. Racing dirt, racing pavement. The kid will race anything. He's going to be racing IndyCar this year. and the, He's going to do the double, uh, the 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 NASCAR. So that'll be something to watch this year. I hope to hopefully to be in Indianapolis uh, to watch watch his uh, IndyCar debut. But no, um, Frank, the big reason, I mean, the big shock of Larson being back at the Chili Bowl is because him and a lot of stars uh, boycotted the, the event due to the, the people who um, come up with the purses, the winning, because the winner only gets 10 grand, Frank, and they feel with a lot of money that comes in that the, the driver should have a bigger chunk of that, of that pie. Um, as much money as the fans come in and ever, the teams bring in and everything. Um, but the owners and them say that, that that's as much as they can afford because the expo center down there can only seat so many people. So, you know, th- there's no uh, unlimited amount of, of money to give a purse up, but they, Larson definitely could, and a lot of guys definitely feel like they should be giving more money out to the winners of the race. That's kind of why Kyle Larson and his brother-in-law, Brad Sweet, the former World of Outlaws champion, um, and current one, actually, they formed the High Limit Sprint Car Series. And what we saw from there, Frank, is the High Limit Sprint Car Series um, run by Larson and his brother-in-law, Brad Sweet. They just bought the All-Star Circuit of Champions. It was a sprint car series that Tony Stewart uh owned they bought that and combined that so it's the high limit sprint car series it's a long season they have like a side championship it's like like 10 races they're midweek races so allows larson to race them when he's not racing in nascar uh just kind of give the guys a different uh the world of outlaws are kind of strict on how what events you run outside their schedule so larson and sweet kind of offered a lot of uh perks and stuff like that so a lot of Outlaw drivers have actually went over to, to the High Limit series, uh, including people behind the scenes and stuff too. So a little bit interesting, interesting to see how the Outlaws respond to that. But but now the, uh, the the Chili Bowls tonight it's on Flow Sports. Uh, it's a streaming service. In the previous years it's been on uh, Mav TV. But um, Larson is sponsored by Flow Sports, so I think there was probably pressure for them him to perform. Like, hey, we're sponsoring you. Can you at least beat this race? Um, it's our big race, so we want the guy we sponsor to be there, Larson. Um, I think he'll probably win. If not, it'll be close. It'll be. It, it, it's always a fun race. Little dirt midgets racing around in this little little bull ring, Frank. This little circle. It's it's fun. A lot, a lot of action packed stuff going on there. So that takes care of that. By the way, I'm, the, the NHL game just ended, and uh, seven some sort of gymnastics competition. And I don't know anyone on here except I know. The one girl is Paul Skeens' girlfriend, the one from LSU. So I was like, I know that's her. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, um, the kind of uh, transition, this this whole thing is kind of going to surround Tony Stewart, I guess, to an extent. He sold his sprint car series, the All-Star Circuit of Champions, to Larson and Sweet, who then merged it into the High Limit Sprint Car Series. Um, Tony Stewart also announced, Frank, that his uh, NHRA team, which he started two years ago, TSR, 
um, is a dirt racing part of it, and then there's the drag racing part of it. He had they announced that his uh, wife and drive the woman who drives for him, uh, Leah Pruitt, will be stepping away from her ride in Top Fuel to uh, for her and Tony to start a family. Uh, so obviously, if you're gonna try to have kids, you don't want to be racing a a rocket machine that generates 300 miles per hour off the starting line. So she's going to take some time away from racing to try to start a family with Tony. And in the meantime, Tony Stewart is actually going to be racing her car. He had come up through the top alcohol series. And so he'll be racing his first year in main mainstream NHRA top fuel racing. So another racing endeavor for Tony Stewart to tackle. Uh, speak another Tony Stewart factor is the SRX series that even Frank has watched a little bit. It's that little that that spec series where um, IndyCar, NASCAR, everyone dirt racing from all aspects. It was that CBS series that was on the weekends. Then ESPN took it, made a Thursday Night Thunder. John Madden allegedly right before he passed was something that he when he was watching. Kind of trailed off there towards the end of last year, Frank, after its third year. Not the ratings that ESPN hoped it would be. Probably because it's on Thursday. It was up against a lot of like baseball stuff during the summer and a lot of things going on that that way. And definitely going into September with the preseason games and stuff. Um, but something started to happen. Uh, Ray Everham, uh, Tony Stewart's partner in SRX, he left after the first season. He uh, got the rights to the, it's called the International Race of Champions, IROC. Now, if you're a NASCAR fan in the early two, 2000s, Frank, you remember the, the IROC series was like the side series that went where the NASCAR series went. And it was uh, NASCAR guys, IndyCar guys, and they just raced pavement. And that's kind of where the SRX came from was IROC. Well, uh, Ray Everham acquired the, the race to the series. And then two days ago, SRX announced that they would be postponing their season due to, you know, due to resources that they weren't going to have and, and all these things. So it's kind of rumored that SRX is probably going to be done and, IROC will probably take its place. That's another thing that Tony Stewart was doing that he's not going to be doing anymore. And um, there's that. And then um, Kevin Harvick's done. We, we talked about that last last uh, segment. And so kind of getting ready for Daytona. Now, I don't know what the, the story is going to be. Will Ryan Blaney re- repeat as champion? Um, not a lot of big seat swaps as in previous years, Frank. You know, when Kyle Bush went from Gibbs to, to Childress. And speaking of Kyle Bush, um, he's kind of dropped some endeavors that he had. He had a energy drink uh, called Rowdy Energy, Frank, that sponsored him and was prevalent in the racing uh, kind of world. Um, they're ceasing operation from that due to obviously marketing things. Um, his truck series team, KBM, uh, he sold that to Spire Motorsports. Kind of putting these things away to kind of his son, he his son's starting to do some racing. He uh, just had a daughter with his wife Samantha, so kind of prioritizing family and faith, and and kind of getting rid of stuff he's not going to be able to kind of be around this oversee. So that's that. So that's kind of more race. That's it. Racing. I'm trying to think of anything else racing wise. The Rolex 24 is in a couple weeks. That's the the 24 hour endurance race at Daytona. You know I'm big on that. I'm sure I'll be you know texting you with some oddball stuff as I always do about that. Moving on to wrestling, the Royal Rumbles in a couple weeks. It's usually that week. It's that week uh, between the conference title games and the Super Bowl. They're always pretty good at sliding in there. So they so they own that Sunday. They don't they don't own against the Super Bowl. Um, uh, don't know where they go. I assume 
maybe we get Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns rematching for the championship. Uh, WrestleMania will be in Philadelphia this year at the Lincoln, Lincoln Financial Field, so not too far from where we're sitting right now. But um, CM Punk returned back. I'm sure even someone like you, Frank, is aware of that. CM Punk went from AEW over to WWE. So will he figure into the Royal Rumble? Will he win? Now with two world titles, the person who wins the Royal Rumble doesn't necessarily have to main event WrestleMania. They could always move it into another storyline. But Punk, um, Cody Rhodes, uh, Gunther, the Intercontinental Champion, uh, his over a year, a couple year reign as Intercontinental Champion, uh, his his deal has been pretty good. Um Trying to think what else. Um, the Rock made an appearance on on Raw a couple weeks ago. Frank um, made a reference to the head of the table. I feel the the anticipated match with him and Roman Reigns uh, is probably going to happen. Now, what would happen at WrestleMania? Will they do it at, like at Saudi? Will they do it at one of their other live event live uh, live uh, event? Uh, they call this special live shows like a pay per view, but not WrestleMania. What would happen there? They don't know. Um, so it's going to be kind of when they're going to do it. It seems like the rock Roman thing is not a matter of if now it's when, like even he put it on TV like that, they're going to probably make that happen. So I guess stay tuned to wrestling to figure out when we're going to happen. And I'm sure when it happens, I'll, I'll put it on the, on the podcast as well. Um, other than that, Frank, the big deal with wrestling right now is, um, the status of where Monday night raw is going to be. USA did not renew. It's uh broadcasting contract with WWE for raw. They did get SmackDown, so they're pulling SmackDown from Fox. So the ratings are obviously going to go down from there, going from a network television channel to a cable television channel. Uh, they're going to keep it on Friday. So Fox didn't see the Fox didn't see the reason to renew SmackDown. It did give them ratings and money, but nothing that they feel like was pertinent. And the was it the nine point two billion dollars they gave the WWE for that deal? So. Fox will be out of the WWE business, at least for now. SmackDown going to USA. NXT moving from USA to CW. And now with Monday Night Raw not on USA, where will that go? Obviously, they're not going to go to Fox. Um, Some other ones. um, Warner Brothers Discovery has been a big rumor, Frank. And what kind of makes this, kind of brings drama to this, is Warner Brothers Discovery is the same company that puts AEW on TNT and TBS. So if they were to sign a deal with WWE, what what does that mean for AEW? Uh, well, that would obviously that would shake the foundation of wrestling broadcasting for sure. FX has been rumored, uh, but the big uh, the big one right now that's kind of leading the way, uh, John Onarud on, on Sports Business Journal reported, is that WWE may put Raw on Amazon Prime. And I ran this by you in our show prep, and you were like, "Oh, another streaming thing." And I kind of feel the same way too, but the promise is if it does go on Amazon Prime, they may offer some sort of subscription service for WWE fans, like, uh, you know, have Prime, but you might get some perks with it, like a, a WWE package or you get Raw and whatever you get with it. But I'm kind of with you, Frank, between that and like obviously now the playoff game tonight being stri- strictly on Peacock, these Peacock only games or Paramount Plus or, you know, whatever, Netflix, et cetera, these strictly streaming only things where not everyone has streaming. Uh, some people still stick with cable or just cut the cord all together and just watch network, uh, you know, antenna TV. It'll be interesting to see if Amazon does win the raw, you know, they get the raw contract to see what, how it will mean. Cause raw is their flagship show. It's WWE's you know, longest running show on, on, on their, you know, whatever television they broadcasted. So 
having a show of that magnitude only available on streaming on Amazon Prime, that'll be big. It's going to be something that's going to be really, really a head scratcher to see how that will happen. That would be something that'd be a huge, a huge a news news of massive magnitude for sure. So um, there's still a lot of time left of, of that contract. But right now, the big rumor is that Amazon Prime might get raw. So we'll see where it goes from there. I'm trying to think of anything else I need to, to mention. That's about it. Um, race, like I said, the winter, not a lot of racing stuff going on in the winter, just the Rolex and the Chili Bowl. And then, honestly, in a month, Frank, a little more than a month, we'll be stock car racing in NASCAR. So, it, you know, it'll be snowing here, but they start they start their seasons down in Florida and Georgia and California. So, they'll be doing racing there. Um, like I said, WrestleMania, we're on the road to WrestleMania right now. So, it's pretty much Roman Reigns. Will Cody Rhodes beat Roman Reigns? Or will The Rock beat Roman Reigns? Or will someone else beat Roman Reigns? Who knows? And, um, or maybe they might give LA Knight another chance. That's my guy, Frank. I don't know if you've seen LA Knight. I do a lot of the, yeah. Uh, the, 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 he's he's come on a guy who came from Impact Wrestling, who kind of he's one of those guys, Frank, that like the office didn't want to be big, but the fans have just wanted more and more of him, and it's like they couldn't ignore it. Like he's the fan. He's gotten over organically with the fans, so. That and then Kevin Dunn, the longtime executive producer of WWE, Vince McMahon's right-handed man, uh, stepped down. A lot of people thought he was done pretty much with Vince no longer seeing the everyday operations of WWE. He's still there, but um, Paul Levesque, Triple H, is part of creative. A lot of people saw that move happening of Kevin Dunn moving on. So that's about it, man. I know I feel a lot at you, but a lot of stuff going on now between uh, January and and WrestleMania. Royal Rumble is, of course, the start of the road to WrestleMania. So... Buckle up. It'll definitely be a fun ride. And it kind of as the calendar turns to January, like I mentioned, a lot of things start to ramp up. You know, like I said, with tennis and golf season and baseball right around the corner, kind of football will be going away. And we'll get into that. You know, I love. Oh, and not to cut you off, Frank. Yeah. One thing we, 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 I mean, you said with football going away, um, Dwayne Johnson and his uh, ex-wife, good friend, business partner, Diane, or um, Danny Garcia announced that uh, the U- the XFL and the USFL merged, the UFL. So that'll be spring football there. So there you go. They're giving that a shot. Yeah, they're going to, they took four teams from the XFL and four from the USFL. Not and, the ballers, unfortunately. So RIP you know, the ball. ballers are now defunct again. Yep. <laughs> um. They ceased operations, but yeah, they're going to give it a shot and try it one more time. You know, they, they had something going until COVID wrecked the, the one they were actually yeah. getting some ratings, but uh, I'll check it out for a while and see how it goes. But, uh, and Heinz Ward is now no longer a coach anymore. His team, the San Antonio Brahmas, I think they're, they're done. Yeah. So we won't see Heinz Ward again, but that'll be on. And it's, you know, the springtime is a fun time for, I know for me, and I've, I've said it on this show before. Um, you have the Kentucky Derby around the corner, the Masters, um, Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball starting, NBA playoffs, if you like that, March Madness. I mean, it's just so much coming up after the Super Bowl, and I'm sure we'll have one more show before the Super Bowl to preview that and to see how the playoffs went. So maybe that's when we'll see you again. Maybe Bronson will have time to get on with Mike. That'd be fun. Yeah. One of your other buddies, you were saying, so that'd be well, a cool yeah. Thing. And before we, we go off the air, I did want to mention that. And then, you know, I, it's one of those things where I, I asked Frank, it wasn't like I did this. I said, Hey, Frank, are you okay if I have other people on? And because a lot of people had asked to be on, uh, yeah, 
little shout out to Matt Ponder. He's actually one who keeps asking me to come on. And I was like, we'd love to have him on to talk hockey. And oh, stuff. I'd like to even be on a three-way show with him too. Yeah. I'm like Matt, I'm, uh, you know, I was, I've, I've met him a few times. He, I've actually played tennis with him. He's a good tennis player. So. And, and, and not only that, I think I'd love to use that opportunity to kind of interview him too. Cause I mean, yeah. a guy who played hockey at, at, at the junior level and played against really high level. a lot of guys you play, you see in the NHL mm-hmm. and obviously him and TK are still pretty close. So, yeah. um, and it'd be cool to not only just talk hockey with him and sports in general, because he definitely would love to talk football too, but kind of have like a little mini interview with him, you know, kind of get his perspective of where he was at those times too. So I'm still talking to him. I know he's busy a lot too. So it's kind of getting him on board, but I like to get a rotation of just a lot of people. And um, I might also too, not, not to, not to compete with this, but I thought about doing a, a couple other like podcast endeavors, not, they would not be sports related. Or at least not like main sports related. Maybe a wrestling one. Although I feel like there's too many of those. And um, Matt brought to my attention louder that Justin and Nico haven't done a, a movie podcast in a very long time. They've kind of taken some hiatus. Yeah, I'm sure that they would probably let you um, carry the mantle there and do it. Or at least know. let me do a couple. Or if not, maybe do one on, on, on my own. But I'd love to do other stuff too, like movies and music. There's just so much I love just more than sports. And oh, right. And, uh, and to kind of get those creative juices out and those kind of uh I think it would be of... fun to grow our brand and to like you even we could post it under the next level nerd name if we want or or yeah. something else but like it, it it helps everything yeah so yeah i, 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 I like to do those that. forms too i haven't really told i've wanted to get maybe you and some people together but a couple other projects i wanted to do too i wanted to do Just to get uh, a think tank together yeah yeah well i wanted to do 20 years of the x generation Oh three oh four was twenty years ago. It'd be uh-huh. fun to get you and Shafe and you know Shuddy or you know, you know Stro and all those guys and just get even if I do clips of different individuals, kind of reflect twenty years ago and you know all those bad years of Penguins hockey and kind of where were we were at and how devoted we were to watching that team and maybe we can track down like a Rico Fatter or something to be on the show. <laughs> Reach like, out and see they'll do it. These anyway. guys aren't super celebrities. Maybe they do it. <laughs> But I think I think it was a, was that either Matt Vensel or Mike DeFabo when he was with the Trib. They did one. They did like a retrospect. Um, uh, Taylor Taylor Haas of um, DK. She did like a retrospect of the X Generation too. So I would definitely be using some of their stuff they've written as uh, as ammo to record that show. Just just a couple projects I'm working on, Frankie. And I just I've been writing notes and I have some notes here aside about them, but just kind of putting them on putting them on tape and not tape but on the internet and getting it out there. So. Stay tuned for some of that stuff. I'll keep you posted. But, but yeah, and, and like I said, and, and like I said, I know Frank's. You know, he's definitely is busy with working and being a father and stuff. So I don't like. I feel like I kind of get annoyed, like trying to say, "Hey, let's do a show." But Frank, actually, Frank's the one that's been reaching out to me lately. So, you know. But, yeah, uh, shout out to my friend Quentin. Um, he's he always asked me about uh, the, the the podcast, and I saw him over uh, last week. We we did like Christmas with them. Um, yeah. he's a friend of my, him and his wife are friends with me and Katie. And he's like, how's the podcast going? And I'm like, you know what, dang, it's been a while. And, and it actually, I mean, we, I, around Thanksgiving, so a couple months, I know we, sometimes we've been taking like a six to eight week break, but, um, I was like, you know what? I'm texting Bronson because we need to do an NFL playoff preview show. So it kind of, it didn't work yeah. out. I was trying to do it Thursday, but I, and Thursday wouldn't have been good for me anyway. No, I, was gonna, I was on, I was in Delmont Thursday, so that wouldn't have worked. Yes, and and I was I was like um, falling asleep early Thursday night, so I was like, oh, maybe Saturday <laughs> afternoon will be open. So it, it worked out, and we got this out. So thanks. Yes, that was fall. It's just like getting our schedules together, and it's just like, right. 
And then like when I want to do when I and when I want to do stuff, no one else can. And then Mike Mike wants to be on more than every time I you know you know Mike has two kids now and he's doing he's yeah. got other other stuff in the fire. So it's not his fault. It just it just is what it is. So, but yeah, but no, that's that's all that's all it is. And like I said, I'm sure we'll get back before the Super Bowl. We'll recap the playoffs and and preview the big game and and uh, obviously get back together. Maybe we'll, maybe when we will let see if Mike wants to come on. We do if we send it ahead of time. Maybe he'll he'll want to come on and. Enjoy yeah. So there you go. Well, Bronson, as always, I'll let you uh, sign us out. You're, you're our closer. So <laughs> I thanks feel like everybody need, like, for listening. And one thing I've worked over the last couple of years is like a, a better closing instead of just stealing stuff from wrestling, having yeah. our own, but it's tough. It's, 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 it's tough to close it out. And, and for some reason, Frank, for the life of me, I'm really intrigued by this gymnastics dance thing here. LSU is really going at it right now. With the Ohio. I, I, I think I have a few thoughts on why bronson's intrigued by it but i won't go into where a family yeah, it's, even just that. it's just like this is you know what they call it the coordination and the routines it's, oh, it's they're it's, incredible it's, athletes for sure yeah. gymnastics oklahoma utah lsu and ucla right now but i'm i'm, I, I'm not i'm not gonna lie. i'm waiting i'm waiting for paul Skeens' girlfriend to come up here i want to see what well, she's, she's that um she's that social media star she's like more famous than paul Skeens. so like if they stay together it's going to be pretty interesting if she comes to um you know, PNC Park, all the cameras, it's going to be like Taylor Swift. They'll be showing Paul Skeen's girlfriend, social media star, Livy Dunn. We haven't had this as well since Vanessa Hudgens with Cole Tucker. Yeah, they. I think they got married or they're engaged. Yeah. yeah. Is he even baseball still? Is he still playing? Uh, yeah, the Rockies had him after us. They DFA'd him, and I think his home state Diamondbacks have him now. Well, Again, our, our, our research staff will have to check, but I think Cole Tucker's with the Diamondbacks. He's from there Arizona. Not all right, Frank. I- minor league deal. <laughs> All right, I'll close this out so freaking I can do some prep and watch some football tonight. Hey, by the time you get this, some of these games are going to be in the books already. Just enjoy the playoffs. Um, hope you guys are staying safe out there. It's in the the, the dead dog of winter. Um, enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the NBA if you're watching in college basketball. Frank said, you know, golf will be starting up or golf, tennis, racing, wrestling, whatever tickles your fancy. Enjoy it. Until next time, we'll we probably reconvene before the Super Bowl for Crick. Big thanks to Justin and Nico. I know they've been on hiatus too. Uh, I know Nico, you know, Nico's extending his family. So obviously same reason Frank, Frank, Frank uh, can't get on as much either. But whatever Justin's getting into, I haven't talked to him in a very long time. Hope he's doing well. For those two, for Frank's very generous, very nice. Um, the deal with Frank, obviously, it must take a lot. But uh, a very helpful wife, Katie, uh, for helping us with the show. Um, I'm Bronson Allman. Enjoy the enjoy the sports. Until next time, Frank for Frank and Bronson, top guys. Ow. Hockey. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock. <laughs>